Let's make your summer road trip the best one yet by making the trip before the trip to Midas. Get road trip ready with a conventional oil change and tire rotation starting at $29.99. Request your appointment today at Midas.com. And there we go. And it's hot in here. It's hot. I got like five people besides myself in the studio right now. And, hey, there's SuperQuest. How you doing? Hey, remember, a good way to support what we do on this show, the Super Chat is open. And don't forget to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Hi, Bobbert. How you doing? And if you're new here, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. Travis W., nice to have you back. And uh, let's get that link to filth. Mr. Apnea, nice to see you awake for this one. And uh, let's, where's filth here? Hold on, we got to get filth here. And... There you go, buddy. I just sent you the link. We got about 40 seconds here before we shall rock it out. Uh, Scotty Jensen, he prefers the silent J. Yes, he does. Peppa H, nice to see you. Uh, Don't forget, you can do some shopping at our store on spacedoutradio.com. Hello, gorgeous Heather McIntyre. How are you? Nice to have you back. And where are we here? We got about... 15 seconds. Mennonite Abe, thank you so much for kicking off the super chat tonight. Very much appreciate you, buddy. I got you. So, here we go, everyone. You know what to do. Let's get your horns up and let's rock. of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america and digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show for you tonight. At first, we're going to go into a special interview until the bottom of the hour. We're going to be talking some ghosts around my area. There may or may not be a Dave sighting on television. We will get to that momentarily. And... Coming up from there at the bottom of the hour, Merle will be here with his guests for Ghosts of the Great White North at the top of hour number three. We got Swamp Dweller with another spooky story. Tim's joining us for the UFO report. Shirky Poo has the news. All right, we're going to get right into it. So earlier today, this ugly face for radio literally was on a television camera. Yeah, I know. I know. It wasn't an impressive look, but nonetheless, I tried to give my expertise on what's going on because around Canada, we don't have a lot of paranormal television shows being filmed, but 
there is a special show coming on out. I can't say when, I can't say the name, I can't say anything because I am under contract. Yes, I am under contract and I got to be careful with that. So with that, we're going to try and bring in a few friends here to the show because... Well, we can do that. That's Dirty Filth. He's going to be drawing you up some photos for our radio people. Dirty Filth is our resident artist. And we're going to try and... Why isn't my camera working? There we go. We're going to try and bring in some lovely ladies here. And I'm going to start off with our good friend Leanne here. And the reason why we're starting off with Leanne, who is right here. And yes, my my face is all out of coordination right now. The reason why we're starting off with Leanne is because we had the ability to uh, chat with Leanne and she lives in my area and she's into ghosts. And we started talking paranormal one day and she's like, you know, we ran into each other at like the grocery store and I had some woo shirt on or something like that. And we just started talking some weird stuff. And for everybody who went to Las Vegas for the Spaced Out Radio Party, she's responsible for making those awesome magnets of alien heads and the Sasquatch. That's right. I'm going to get you to move your microphone real close to your face, Leanne. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having us. This is very exciting. In studio. It is very exciting to have you here as well, and I'm hoping our YouTube audience will be able to hear you because I know I'm getting you on the radio side, but you never know. Sometimes this uh, needs a little wiggle room, and that's what we do. But nonetheless, how did you get involved in the paranormal? I've been involved with the paranormal my whole life. So this is my sister, Crane, and this is my best friend, Kelly. And we've been doing this together for years, but um, since we were kids, we've all had experiences. So now we're just kind of exploring this in our adulthood. All right. So you ladies are doing a tour of, can we say, the Gold Rush Trail? Because the Gold Rush, as we have heard many a times on this show, is something that is very, very unique to British Columbia. For our American listeners... It literally started in Nevada and California and literally worked its way up to where we are here in studio. And the original Gold Rush Trail is about three quarters of a mile behind where we are sitting right now. And I don't actually get a lot of people in the studio. What do do you think of the the studio here? It's It's good. You might need a bigger studio. (laughs) I I may need a bigger studio. That's awesome. I may need a bigger studio. That is very much for sure. So, Corrine, let's let's get over to you for a second here, because in a project like this, where where you guys are are filming a project, because we got to be careful with what we say here. Absolutely. Okay, you're filming this beautiful project on the Gold Rush Trail. What does the Gold Rush Trail mean to you, and why do this? Well, it means a lot because we're all from BC and it's the history of our own backyard. So, you know, growing up in BC and learning about it, you know, we want to go and travel that trail and experience the stories that we didn't learn about and connect with whatever we can connect with. Yeah. And and why though? Like what's the intrigue in telling the paranormal side of this story? I think because history is never told through a paranormal lens. And I think it's just another way of examining history. And I think that's what we've been drawn to is just trying to connect with spirits who are along the trail or wherever who might have something to add to that story and that history. All right. And, you know, when we look at everything that's that's kind of going on here, how did you three get together? How do you know? Now, you two, I believe, are sisters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And, and the dark-haired one. You're like Charlie's Angels here. <laughs> yeah, I'm Kelly. Yes, Kelly. Yes. How did you get involved with these two? Well, okay, so me and Leanne go back to when we were like seven, but we really got close when we were in high school playing volleyball. And then we graduated, or maybe it was in high school. Uh, she took me into... They live in a sort of small town, and Leanne invited me into the haunted basement of their local city hall, and I didn't grow up with any of this stuff, so that was my first sort of exposure to anything like that, and it kind of scared, the, can I swear? It scared the shit out of me, and... Uh, Somebody's got to edit that. <laughs> Sorry. Beep. Yeah, yeah, so it scared the crap out of me, and uh, ever since then, it kind of opened my mind to thinking, you know what, I think that maybe there is more, and realizing that... Um, anything's possible and my mind is just, I don't know, I keep an open mind with everything. So I, I feel like being friends with Leanne has really um, changed my entire outlook on life. And I just, every day, I just want to learn more, experience more, see more, do more. It's it's a passion. I, I think it's a passion for you guys too. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like you said about the history, I mean, when I went to England, when I got out of high school, I didn't, I still didn't really know much about this stuff. And I remember being on the cobblestone streets and being like, to one of my friends who's not into this, like, I, f- I can see the knights. I can see them. They're around us. And she was like, you're crazy. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so then I came home. Did I beep? Sorry. And then I came home and told these guys and they're like, it makes complete sense. And then we just dove deeper and deeper and deeper. You're banned. <laughs> well, anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> let's move on here as we continue on with uh, Ghosts of the Great White North here on Spaced Out Radio. Now, now for you three, you are in my area where I live, which is 108 Mile Ranch. And I've talked to my listeners a lot about the haunted museum and how awesomely haunted it is. And you're going to take on the big dude in the Clydesdale barn. And I've kind of broken that down for you, you know, to try and bring this all together and and bring you guys into it. What do you think going in? I mean, you're going to literally potentially go all Canadian and drop the gloves with this badass dude who lives on the on this catwalk who hates his his picture being taken who yeah. hates the fact Leanne that there is going to be video cameras there yeah. why do this we're so excited to do this and there's a thunderstorm outside right now <laughs> so the energy is crazy and we we feel it like being outside the building even talking to you when we did you know we did an offering today for that spirit um, it's going to be probably one of the most intense places we've investigated, I would say. Sure. You can, yeah, you feel it outside the building, you feel it inside the building when you walk up the stairs. So we are fully expecting to capture something or see something, or mm-hmm. it's going to be good. Now, the 108 Heritage Site is, as much as it is as a museum, it's a culmination of buildings and structures from around the entire region. It's not very centralized like a Barkerville would be or a Fort Langley in, in, near the lower mainland. This is a bunch of different places coming together at once. How do you expect that to affect the energy of the entire site? Kareen? Yeah, that's a great question. We were actually kind of thinking about that today. And, you know, in the paranormal world, there's theories about energy and residual energy and intelligent energy. And so we're curious with all the different buildings, mm-hmm from different locations, from different time periods, 
it almost has an unsettled feeling we feel. So I'm not sure how that's going to connect, but if there, if there's that much history on that location, we're not sure what direction things are going to go tonight. And are you scared? Um, <laughs> are you going to swear? No, I'm just going to sell her out. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Leanne, Leanne's been scared for a long time. We've been we've been wanting to investigate this location for years, and and you know during the pandemic it was difficult to do all this stuff. So now that things are loosened up, we're the timing is just lining up, and and we're super psyched. But yeah, we could feel even just driving here, we could feel from our last location to this location a shift and a heaviness and. And there's not, we're not fearful, but it's, there's, there is something that we feel inside. And, and I know it's a little bit of nerves. We can admit that, but uh, it's also excitement. So for you ladies, you are doing a, a project because you can't say television show. Mm. You are doing a project for the gold rush trail. How did this idea come into play here for you? Mm-hmm. Leanne. So, so yeah, like we've like been in a way called to the Gold Rush Trail. Like we feel like people have reached out to us, like yourself, for like to come to different places or to come investigate active locations. But it's also been a personal draw for us, Absolutely. just because we're from BC and there's all these locations where stories haven't been told or people's, you know, voices haven't been heard from you know women and miners and all these different people. So we're having a huge adventure basically uncovering and unraveling all these stories that maybe never had a voice. Okay, so why is it important to tell the story through the eyes of the spirits and ghosts that you're going to be encountering? You know, because one of the things I do know about Canada, we suck at history. And we tell our history, but we don't have that pride of our history that the United Kingdom does or our good friends in the United States have where they're very historic, they're very patriotic, they're very about keeping their history. Whereas with us, we couldn't care less of what happened 15 minutes ago, let alone 150 years ago. So why is it important to bring this role, this story, this this truth out back into the forefront from 1850 to 2022. You want to take this one? Sure. Kareem, go ahead. Yeah, I think I agree that the history of Canada and BC, it's maybe not as popular, but it has just as much depth and it has just as much intrigue. And I think studying this and investigating these locations from a paranormal perspective just brings new credibility and new angles and new stories that we may never have known. And who's still there? Like, ghosts were people. So if they were people, they're the ones that wrote that history. So we're trying to connect and see if there's something that maybe they still want to share that wasn't resolved when they were still here on this planet. I think that's an excellent answer. I mean, but do you think you're going to get those stories? Are you going to get that truth on what's going out? Because you cannot predict what is actually going to come out of your investigations that you are going on for this non-television project special. It's a paranormal documentary. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I was trying to find the proper words. Yeah. But you know what, Dave? It's also about our like personal growth in this, right? Like we, you know, we have some 
abilities, which we won't get into right now, but, you know, we are able to connect, like maybe some people, what was that? That's Joe in our chat room saying, I had no idea Babes of the Great White North was going to be on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, you know, we want to connect with them, but it's also about us validating what we pick up on and all these, you know, like, we want to go see if they're there too. Like, you've told us all these stories. Great. Let's go see if Dave's, like, experience is like ours, right? So... I don't know if you want to talk about the 108. We can we can talk about Let's the 108. Let's talk about the 108. We have we have a few minutes to go here, so we can we can totally do it. Uh, now, I'm kind of a, a very knowledgeable guy, not about so much the heritage, but of the spirits there, mm-hmm. you know. And the Clydesdale guy in the barn, who is really really freaky, okay, he's attacked me. I know what that's like. Are are you prepared to go that far, Kareen? To, to in order to get this story out, I yes, we are. We want to find out who it is. We want to try to communicate. We have heard stories. We are aware that this is a very intense energy. Um, you've told us some things today and the other day where we we're just like, "Wow!" Um, so yeah, we're. I'm a little anxious. I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, we're going to try to communicate. What do you hope to get out of him in the barn? I think if we can figure out maybe who it is, like a name name or why is this person so aggressive and attacking? I don't know. Like, I don't know what we're going to experience. What would you say? What, like what, Uh, what advice would you give us? Well, my first advice would be to put some tape on Kelly because she may swear at him. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, I, this is, this is legendary right now. This is legendary right now. But you know what? Like, I kind of want to, like, when you walk in, you know he's there, but I want proof he's there. You know, like, I want, I want to see it. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I ask a lot of people this question. What is proof? Ooh. Going deep, Dave. Um, Let's get deep. Let's let's, (laughs) let's get undercover. Proof to me is just, like, it's proving it to myself. Like, what my experience is, is real to me. I don't need to prove it to anyone else. Okay. I'll How about on for that you, too. Kelly? So for me, since uh, I, did, I didn't grow up with this stuff, I mean, I did have some abilities, but it was sort of not accepted. So going into these places, I find that it just strengthens my own abilities by the acknowledgement of these guys saying, or these ladies saying that they're experiencing similar things, or when I have something that pops up in my mind's eye, or I hear a voice, or I see a word, or I smell something, or I feel something, or my body, I have pain, or something, they validate it because sometimes they're experiencing it too. So for me, it's about my own personal experiences with my own senses, but also it's really neat when that crosses over and is confirmed with your gear. All right, so for our YouTube audience, and if you're on radio, you'll have to go on YouTube or Twitch on the archives in order to find out what we're talking about. In my area, we have what we call the heritage site. They have a Clydesdale barn in there. Well, in 2017, a photo was taken, and to many, whether it's David Weatherly, the late Butch Witkowski, Ross Allison, and many others, claims this is one of the top photos of the paranormal almost ever, ever. And this is who these ladies are going to try and find out tonight. Well, now seeing that, oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Dave. Thanks for no problem. We actually, well, reminder. we actually have a camera on that right now, so yeah, we're hoping. Yeah, we have cameras rolling right now, so we're hoping to capture that as well. So this dude 
right on the stairwell here for our, for our radio our YouTube audience. This dude right in there is the guy who attacked me and attacked little Marky Spender. Don't worry about this. There's another guy right below the stairwell. Don't worry, he's human. But the other issue is it looks like a little girl behind him. What? Oh, yeah. Okay, and that's what a lot of people miss. Why is he taking somebody up his stairwell? Can so, I just, is that a, what's the other one underneath? Is that a person? This here is a person. Okay. The, the person yeah, underneath the stairwell okay. is a person. But behind the ghost on the stairs. Can you zoom in on that? I sure can. We're going to zoom in a little bit here for our YouTube side. And. Oh, yeah. And we will move that. Oh, wow. So this is what we are dealing with here. And, you know, I mean, that guy looks like he's got a the lead singer a Slipknot yeah. with one of his masks on, <laughs> right? Awesome. But here is, we have a secondary photo of him. Now, this one's a little bit more tough to see, but you can actually see the white orbs that came off the camera. I don't think that's paranormal. I think that came off the camera. But there's the same face that was downstairs. Oh, wow. And that's why we have two photos of him. And this dude doesn't like to be photographed. So the fact that you ladies have cameras up there right now. And we're going in with more. Now, did you make any peace or offerings? Have you talked to the dude? Have you tried to say, hey, we're innocent here. You know, put on that cute girly smile or, or, or whatever. Kareen... Help me out. Yeah, we actually did. We went in um, and did an offering. So we took some whiskey and a shot glass and some cigarettes. And we asked for some uh, help tonight. And uh... At O'Reilly, we measure success in code releases that go out without a hitch. Careers grown. And that little nugget of sage advice that helps make the impossible suddenly possible. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform at O'Reilly.com. We live in a world focused on ROI, KPIs, and EBITDA. At O'Reilly, we measure success a little bit differently. We measure it in code releases that go out without a hitch. Careers grown. And that little nugget of sage advice that helps make the impossible suddenly possible. It's your people who create success. Invest in them, and the rest of the numbers fall in place. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. Poured him a shot and said we're there for very respectful reasons, so let's see what happens, I guess. What happens if something happens? Am I leaving the radio show early to... (laughs) Yeah, you're on speed dial, so folks out there listening, if uh, Dave goes missing, it's because we've called. (laughs) His chair's spinning. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well... You know what? You know what? I I wish you ladies all the best. Honestly, as we only got about two minutes left with you tonight, and be careful. The you know, there's a lot of joking and a lot of pranks that go on in the paranormal, but at the 108 location, there are a lot of really cool spirits there that are going to be really willing and excited to have you there because there hasn't been a formal investigation there since before COVID. All right, and number two, be careful of of the of the two, the guy upstairs who you're you got cameras on right now, 
and number two in the post house with Willie. Don't touch his walls. There's an already an offering in there, so you don't need to worry about that. And uh, little Dave may have taken care of that for you. And, and, you know, don't touch his walls. Don't touch his furniture. Okay. Okay. And if you smell sulfur, run. Yeah. Right. That's okay. Good, that's good advice. Well, yeah. well, thanks for having us in here on your podcast yeah. and inviting radio us. Show. Yeah, radio, radio show. Radio, radio show. show. And Anyways. yeah, just for all your advice and insight. Like we're looking forward to looping back. Well, and, and what will be happening for our, our radio listeners and our YouTubers is the minute this show is over, I actually have to run back to the barn to make sure that these ladies are okay. That is literally what is going on. So I literally have like, like uh, you know, the show will end at its regular time, but Dave will keep going. Dave will keep on moving, and Dave will make sure that he doesn't sleep tonight or tomorrow because I got things to do tomorrow as well in preparing for tomorrow night's show. We have Leanne. We have Kareen. We have Kelly. They are currently shooting a documentary in our area, and one day it will be released in 2022 where people can actually see them investigate my area. You'll see maybe even the studio on the telev- the documentary. Not allowed to say that. And whatever else. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And for you three, Kelly, Kareen, and Leanne, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio. It's a lot of fun. And I'm so excited for you ladies to have an experience of a lifetime, but be safe because you know what? A lot of people may not believe it or say, ah, it's just a ghost. This dude knows what he's doing and keep him happy. That's all I'm going to say before I get there. Keep him happy. Coming up next on spaced out radio, Merle's coming in. So start to Merle it up. If you're in one of our chat rooms, ghosts of the great white North. We got it for another 90 minutes right here on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. All right, we are clear. Good job, ladies. Can't believe. Now I have to edit, but that's okay. That's okay. Now I got to edit. All right, they're all excited here. All right. Wow. Thank you. That's all right. That worked. <laughs> that worked. That was impressive. That was very impressive. Hey, thank I, you. We'll be in touch. I want to talk to you about all that other uh, stuff. Give me two seconds. Radio people, give me a couple seconds. I'll be right back.
this show will actually play tomorrow night on uh, on the radio side. So we're safe. All right. Well, that was an experience. All right. Dirty filth. How you doing, buddy? I, I think I fixed it, Dave. Merle. How you doing, buddy? All right. Who's got their speaker? Anthony, how you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm trying to get my oh. headphones to work. Uh, <laughs> who's chat? Merle, am I getting feedback on your channel because Uh-oh. you're not wearing headphones? Never get feedback from me. Uh, might be mine. Hold on. Uh, testing one, two. No, Andrew is that, or Anthony is that yours? That's what. I'm just, I'm getting a little bit of repeat here. Oh, hold on. That's why. Um, That should end it now. Okay, there we go. Everybody merle it up in the chat room. It's time. Hey, uh, James Weston. Terry Hall, how you doing? And, uh, yeah, let's see where we're going with this. Uh, Luscious Jewels, nice to have you here. People love their Merle. They need their Merle. You know what? Screw this. I'm, I'm still mic'd up. I'm still mic'd up. Um, Show it, Dave. Hold on. i got to change camera <laughs> angles here. Merle! Right there. Merle. There it is. You can get your Merle t-shirts <coughs> at Spaced Out Radio. Dot com. Hold on, I gotta adjust my light here. Right. Hey, at least we know that Merle. Next time you're up, at least we know the secondary mic works now. That's good. Yeah, that shit is figured on out. Look at Ghostly Activities, aka Handsome Jake. I have the same one as you, Dave. Same one. Nice. All right, we got 20 seconds. Thank you to Jake and Mennonite Abe for the amazing super chats. I apologize if I haven't said hello to you yet. If you're in the chat room, uh, I will do my best to say hello to everybody. And uh, here we go with Ghost of the Great White North. We got our man Merle here. I know you're all excited. Let's do it.
second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. My main man Merle is back for Ghost of the Great White North. His hair is high. It is tight. He is on par to talk some paranormal stuff hanging around Canada on the Ghost of the Great White North here in British Columbia. And Merle, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, Dave. Happy to be here tonight, as always. And, and we have a great guest tonight. I'm I'm hearing this. You were uh, uh, you were bragging up, Anthony. Who, who's this Anthony guy? Because he's packing a serious beard here tonight, man. You know I like that. You would like his hat that he usually that he wears in his photos as well. It's a strong hat. Um, he works with the Ghost Story Guys podcast. I met him in Wells when we were in Barkerville last month. Um, wow, it's been six weeks, four weeks, six weeks already. And um, the stories he has in regards to ghost stories, legends, and whatnot throughout BC that he was telling us is amazing. The best I've heard, hands down. Well, you know what? That's high praise, Anthony. Anthony. (laughs) When Merle calls bingo on somebody, he means a bingo. You know, so thank you, Anthony, for joining (laughs) us on Spaced Out Radio. How you doing, man? Well, I'm doing all right. I, I I appreciate you guys having me on. That's 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 a uh, he's made some some pretty big shoes for me to fill up there. I appreciate such a nice intro. <laughs> so How are you guys? We're we're good, man. We're, we're very good, and and thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Anthony. Let's learn a little bit about you for our audience around the world. Here, you are kind of a historian, a folklorist, a legend teller, a ghost story guy. I mean, you kind of have your hands dabbled in absolutely everything that's going on. What brought you into this phenomena? Oh, oh, probably the fact that when I was raised, I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't allowed to have anything to do with it. It was the devil. It was, I was raised in a really strict religious background. And, um, I always knew there was something, something watching. There was something touching. There was something walking around and I was made to feel like it was terrible. So like all good rebels, you walk right towards it and I never look back. So, so for you, when did you start uh, writing and, and talking about your curiosity, almost being a legend tripper type person? Oh, um, I guess it probably, it, it all stems back from, from you know, being, being really young. And growing up, I always had to, uh, I always came up to Barkerville uh, with, you know, school trips and things like that. And there's big stories here, you know. There's the the big legends. There's the you know the Billy Barkers and the the the, the Judge Begbies and all, all these big guys. But every once in a while, you hear about someone in the background, and I, w- I would I would be more interested in in them. And uh, and when you start looking into anything along those lines. Um, 
you you start finding bizarre. You start finding legendary. You start finding, oh, did you hear this? Well, this is happening over there. There was a a, a monster sighting, say, you know, the, and that's how I got started with the legendary story stuff. But then one day I was watching a show right now that the name of it slips my memory, but it was hosted by Leonard Nimoy. He yes. narrated it. And do you guys remember that show? Oh, how, how do you, how do you not? Leonard Nimoy scared the living daylights out of us along with Robert <laughs> Stack back in the day. That's, That's right. That, that theme song. Yep. Yeah. But he did a, he did a story on Bigfoot and that, whoa, hooked me, hooked me. And then from then on, you, you start reading mysterious things. You start looking into mysterious things. And then when it came to ghost stories and hauntings and specifically, that's actually when I was reading that is when I started to kind of go, oh, this is a thing. This happens to people. This is everywhere. Sometimes it's all at once. Sometimes it's one place. Sometimes it's one person. And that way, and I started realizing these people were normal. They weren't the devil. They weren't what I was raised and indoctrinated to believe what they were. And I just, I got addicted. You know, when you hear the stories of the legends that go around, not every, you know, province or territory or state, but when you hear the small town stories of, 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 you know, these, these small little hamlets that are tucked into the mountains and, and they're being terrorized by legendary ghosts or UFOs or, or cryptid type creatures. I mean, that's got to be right up your alley, man. It is. It is. It's actually that exact place that you just described is how I got started with the ghost story guys, because the host and the man behind the ghost story guys, Brennan Storer, um, he wrote a book called a strange little place about Revelstoke where all those things happen. All those things happen and it's available everywhere. Fine books are sold. Um, (laughs) But that's how I I met, like how I uh, met up with him because I started emailing him, and it turned out I didn't even know he lived in Victoria when I lived in Victoria. So, uh, but there are those little hamlets that have that that valley of I don't want to say darkness, but there's a shadow there, you know. Well, it's funny because with the television crew that was just in here earlier, I was talking to them, you know, kind of beforehand, and they're like, they were, they asked me, they said, "What's missing in paranormal radio or or paranormal television?" And I said, "We see the same places every time, just a different team, and." We have nobody using imagination to tell us the legends and the stories, Anthony, that are going around, that have been around for centuries. And the sad part is, in a lot of these small communities that are dying, it doesn't matter whether it's communities in Canada or in the United States or anywhere in the world, there's always dying communities. But when those communities die, the stories and the legends die with them. And if we don't have people like you, Anthony, or Merle or other people, who are getting those stories and bringing them back to the forefront, we're losing a big part of our history, man. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. History is super important, and I find connecting the paranormal with history intriguing because my goal is to try and tell those unknown stories to try to connect the dots from what it says in the books to the word of mouth or the folklore. And, and there's, there's an absolute fine line in doing that from to storytelling to fact, um, even though we are doing the paranormal investigation. No, and, that, and that's very true, Merle. But, you know, how do you, and I'll ask both of you this, you know, how do you guys, you know, find a story, find a location, confirm it, and, and feel or deem whether it's big enough or good enough to, to get it more into the public eye? Like, what is the, what is the case behind that? I'll let you lead this one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> for, for well, for me, it's I think any any town, any any place really has a story that could be highlighted as like history. Um, for me, it's trying to. I like unknown. I like kind of dealing with the folk, almost, almost the folklore aspect or the word of mouth legends, um, just like the ones along the gold rush trail or going into the, the Kootenays. There's a lot of word of mouth. John Jacob lived here and he did all this, this and this to people, but there's no documentation, but it's in a super historic area or abandoned town. So what I like to do is to go to that town and try and communicate with him to see if you can actually bring that to light. If it's not in the books. Well, so that's that's what it does for me, Anthony. I'm going to rephrase the question for you because you are a, a legend tripper. You are a folklorist. You know, out of all the stories that you have heard over the years and that you have researched personally, what's one that really stands out for you? And if you could share it with our audience, that would be great. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, and again, we have to go back to it being legendary, and a with folklore, you have to always remember the first part is folk, which means people. They're the ones that shared the stories. They're the ones, and and they're flawed, right? But still, they're fun. And but my favorite one is uh, Jacko the Ape Boy. Yeah. And it's <clears throat> it's not a it's not a a, a ghost story. Um, and it, it's about uh. uh in, I can't remember the exact year, but it was while the um, the railroad was being built up the Fraser Canyon, um, the crew, uh, I guess they, as they were kind of coming along a, a ledge. Oh, you have I it. I got the book. <laughs> I got the book. 1884. 1884, okay. Um, that, that's, that's one of my favorite stories because they just kind of come across this and they're, they're ignorant to the wildlife. They're ignorant to, you know, uh, the, the, whatever legends, especially if, if any of, of the, the local natives would have told them about a, you know, Sasquatch or some, something big in the woods, they, they didn't care about any of that. And that they found this dazed out monkey boy that they thought had fallen from the cliffs above and captured it and wanted to charge two bits of gander <laughs> until it woke up and became too strong for them to, to hold. Uh, whether or not that's true, I don't care. It's beautiful. 
Well, um, the, the interesting part about this story is how it just ends. So, <laughs> you know, you're, go- you're going back to 1880, and there have been people, including Thomas Steenberg and author of this book, Christopher L. Murphy, on Jacko, the strange story of Jacko the Ape Boy, which happened in Yale, British Columbia, which is right at the beginning of the Fraser Canyon. And for a lot of people who who claim that it was either Ringling Brothers Circus... We live in a world focused on ROI, KPIs, and EBITDA. At O'Reilly, we measure success a little bit differently. We measure it in bugs conquered, code releases that go out without a hitch, and that little nugget of sage advice that helps make the impossible suddenly possible. We see success every day in our 2.5 million members on the O'Reilly Learning Platform. It's why over 60% of the Fortune 100, along with thousands of smart mid-sized companies and scrappy startups, count on O'Reilly to help their teams learn the tools and technologies that drive real innovation. It's your people who create success. Invest in them, and the rest of the numbers fall into place. Someone has to build the future. At O'Reilly, we think it can be you. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform today at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. At O'Reilly, we measure success in code releases that go out without a hitch, careers grown, and that little nugget of sage advice that helps make the impossible suddenly possible. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform at O'Reilly.com. Or Barnum and Bailey, who allegedly bought Jacko, <laughs> sent a train up to get him, and the minute Jacko is put on that train, he vanishes. Never to be seen again, never to be seen in a circus. To this day, I believe Barnum and Bailey and Ringling Brothers, whatever company it was at that time, I think they're all one now, deny ever picking him up. I mean, this yeah. is this is a mad mystery, Anthony. Well, when I was in Yale, um, I, I was doing some investigating in Yale. Uh, I was there for a few days, and I, I talked to an old-timer there. And, of course, not that old of an old-timer, but... <laughs> He heard the hand-me-down tales of it, and he told me, he said, well, no, what, what happened was is when, when, when he was all dazed, uh, he was, they were able to put him in the cage, and they were going to either take him on tour or whatever they were going to do with him. But then as he woke up and got better and ate some food, he felt stronger, and he just broke out. They couldn't stop him. The, the bars couldn't hold him. He just broke out and escaped. So he's back in the woods. See, those are the stories that appeal to me are the hand hand me down stories. Yeah. Yeah. From that's that's probably what pro- happened if, if and it's Yale, a real story. Yale is one of those perfect towns that we are talking about. Population maybe two hundred people. Okay. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. all very eclectic, artsy, <laughs> hippie type people. And and I, I will tell you, I have had two weird encounters at Yale. So when you're heading eastbound on Highway 1, as you come into Yale, it's a two-lane highway, there is a rest stop right on the edge of town. So a couple years ago, I was driving back from the lower mainland, and I got out because I had to go to the bathroom. And when I got out of my vehicle, every hair stood on my body. 
And when I turned and looked up the highway where I just came, there was, and I God is my witness, there was the shadow of a Sasquatch standing right in the middle of the road. And cool. It, and it just vanished. It just vanished. So when I was coming back from San Francisco earlier this year, or was it Las Vegas? No, it was Las Vegas. When I was coming back from Las Vegas in April, about two, three kilometers before that rest stop, I started getting goosebumps and hair standing up all over my body. And I was talking to Nicole Sackage, good friend of the show, and she's part of our SOR team. I was talking to her about it, and I said, I got to pull over at this restaurant rest stop. I don't even have to go to the bathroom, but I know I have to pull over. So she's like, well, pull over. So I pull over, and I've got her on the phone, and I'm just kind of like, okay, you, you told me to pull over. You got something for me. What do you got? Like, let me know where you are. And so across the highway, it immediately goes up into mountain. It's a very steep climb right into the mountain. And from about 100 yards up that mountain, I hear whack like a hmm. tree. First time I've ever heard a tree whack, man. And I went, there it is. There it is. You know, I mean, that is... That's what it's all about, isn't it, Anthony? Is those little mm -hmm. yeah. common experiences. Yeah. Um, I, up in Barkerville, uh, which is where a lot of fun ghost stories are. Um, and what I really like about them is the uniformity of them. Uh, everyone says, oh, I had this happen in this room. Uh, at this. Did you get into the St. George? I have investigated it. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've investigated it twice, but not the last time. Okay. Uh, so people will mention uh, room two, room four, and um, and it's always this, not the same thing, but it's the same this the same feeling of it. Um, and when I had, I, I thought, okay, I'm I'm going to give this a go. I'm not going to. I'm not. I didn't put on any video i didn't put on any uh, microphones nothing i just put myself into the situation where a, a female apparition uh is t she, she would appear to a single man and i thought okay cool i'm not going to say like if you're there nothing nothing i'm just going to sit here and look and i got bored of looking so i started reading a book and as i'm reading the book uh, I can see the like the, the door to the room right just in my peripheral vision, and that's when she showed up. Um, just just like they said, and I, I was like, "Whoa!" And that was it. That was that was all I that was all I needed. I was like, "Cool." I I'm a part of it now. That's mm -hmm. it. That's great. I, I I can't I can't say to these people. You know, oh well, maybe you just heard a hand me down. Maybe you just heard me. Down. No, no, it was there. I didn't call. I didn't. I didn't try to instigate nothing. I just waited. And, and what that was it. experience? Like what? Did you... Um, it was. Uh, it was. A, it was a full body apparition. Um, but the head, like the the oval of of the face facial area, is what was the brightest. And when I mean bright, um, how do I say this? It, it, 
it was the kind of light that looked like the the texture in someone's iris, if you take mm -hmm. my meaning. It was almost like a fibrous glow. Right. And the rest of it was just a, a pretty mild, uh, uh, you know, shoulders all the way down. And basically, she would have come through the door and saw that I wasn't who she was looking for. Uh, at least that's, you know, how you'd see it. And she backed out. And that was it. I was in that room for two days and I wanted it to happen again, but she got what she needed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's, there's a legend behind that. It's in, in, in a gold mining town, it's, it's, uh, it's not a hard to come across story, but, um, if you guys want me to give you the go of, of it. Yeah, let's do it. We got, yeah. we got about uh, three and a half minutes before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. Here we go. Um, so Barkerville at the time didn't have a prostitution uh, profession. It had what they called hurdy-gurdy girls. And they were girls that were brought into the saloons, and the miners would pay a buck to dance with them. And whatever happened after that is, oh, mm, but that's what a hurdy-gurdy girl did. And one of them fell in love with a minor, and he was giving her the old, I'm going to take you away from all this. And she started to go for it, and she started to listen to it. And they were staying at the St. George Hotel while it was still, like, you know, using it as, as letting room. And he said, okay, I just have to go back to Fort Victoria, get everything ready. I'm going to come back. I'm going to get you. I'm going to take you away. And she waited. And he never came back. And she had a broken heart and killed herself. And I don't know if she would have done that in the room, but she was in the building. And so when there's a single man in that room, she'll come and see if it's him. Interesting. I've had two experiences at that St. George Hotel. Um, first one was in 2015, 2016, when we were investigating. We were there for, I think, four nights, three nights. And um, I was staying in room two by myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I left like a $5 bill I just to see if she'd come check to see if I was whoever. Um, I got nothing. I got stood up. Um, I thought I heard the door go, like, jiggle. Um, but fast forward to two years, uh, right before COVID, 2019, and um, we were up there investigating again. And we were we had some of our American friends, Ross Allison, he came up and investigated with me. And um, my girlfriend, she's from Germany, so she speaks it fluently, and hurdy-gurdy girls were German. So we did a full session in the St. George of her speaking German. And um, she was sitting, I think, on the bed in room two. And um, she felt a hand touch her knee and kind of try and move her knee. Um, gave her a good fright. Ross ran upstairs to see what was going on, to see if we captured anything. And, yeah, that was pretty neat. So, yeah, 
you had an experience, I did not. And then Sandra, she had an experience and it's a very active place. Well, my brother had an experience in, in uh, room four. Not as cool of a legendary story, but he heard a whisper in his ear. Uh, he was going through his wife's purse to get something for her downstairs and a female had said in his ear, are you sure that's yours? And what scared him was that he felt the he felt the breath on his neck. Oh man, you've never seen a full grown man run downstairs like that before. It was hilarious. I bet. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm gonna awesome. get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. Ride the Tiltamurl as Ghost of the Great White North continues. And when we return with Merle and Anthony Germain, we're going to get into some more weird, strange stories and occurrences from around British Columbia, which has a weird and strange heritage that not many people know about. We'll dig it out of Anthony when we return. Hour number two of Ghosts of the Great White North with Merle from the Paranormal Road Trippers coming up when we return. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. Awesome. Yeah. I have to wrangle the cats, Dave. I'll be right back. You wrangle the cats there. We're going to look at your art. Oh, he's doing something with Sasquatch tonight. There he or is. That, or is that Jacko? Could be Jacko. <laughs> no, that looks like uh, Sasquatch and Brandon Fugel. My hair it looks awesome tonight, Merle. I'm not going to lie. I got good hair going tonight. Strong hair. I'll be right back, guys. All right. Uh, how do you think it's going? It's going well. <laughs> we are still live on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know that. No, all good, all good. Um, no, it's going great. I think we should hop on to the island next. Uh, okay. Next uh, half hour. Tell us, okay. tell us um, tell, that's where uh, we want to start investigating more. Let's hop on to Vancouver Island. There's a lot of, a lot of cool Dude, places. Dude, yeah. Um, it, there's going to be a lot of. Uh, most of what I know there is is Victoria. Yes. Um, and, geez, I'm trying to think of where else I would know some stories from. Oh, I've got one from Coombs. Yes, Coombs. That is a good one. Okay. That's a personal experience. I can tell you that one. Okay. Have you so ever terrifying. seen terrifying? That that's that's what we're looking for. The more terrifying, the better. <laughs> Have, Have you I ever seen what? Uh, experience like Sasquatch yourself or anything like that? No. Um, uh, I think I think I smell them. Um, I, I, I've always wanted to. I, like, I, re- I want to. Every time I'm driving in the woods or l- looking in the woods, I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I must have been 13 or 14 years old. I was in the woods around Chetwind, BC. And it was the smell. Oh my God. I, it, it, was, it was so bad. It was so gross. I never heard anything. Never heard anything. But the stink was unbelievable. And it wasn't like that. 
marijuana like skunk smell it was i don't know uh, it was sweat musk swamp stick dirt earth rock it was so many things all mixed in one but that's it wow yeah my sister had a sighting oh really what happened with her uh she was uh camping uh just north of prince george at a place called bear lake and um she and two of her girlfriends decided like they they needed to go to the bathroom and they were pretty far away from the campfire and they all they thought well let's be safe and all three of us go and they all went together (laughs) and the only thing that was really lighting their way was the moon and on their way back from the washroom is when all three of them swear that a Sasquatch crossed right across their path, excuse me, and um, and just stopped for a second, looked, and what scared them more than anything else, other than this big thing, um, was that it was completely, deathly silent. Hmm. And that, that, yeah, the way she tells it is more terrifying because she had the she has the fear to kind of put through to it but um i had an experience i think once um when i was actually hunting this would have been a long time ago probably like 2012 2011 ish i i was a little skeptical at the time i'm like well maybe there's a sasquatch you know i need to experience for me i need i need to be an experiencer to jump fully in Mm-hmm. And, and I was sitting on a brush pile and um, camouflaged waiting for like uh, a moose or a deer. And um, all of a sudden on the uh, the tree line, I could hear the, the classic wood knocking. I'm like, okay. okay. And then, like you said with your sister, everything went silent except for this, like the wood knocking. And then I heard like the big branches breaking. And I've been in the woods long enough to know. I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not a black bear, it's not a grizzly. Moose don't do that. And it wouldn't show itself from the tree line, but then I could see the trees shaking. And I'm oh, like, oh, really? You saw the trees going? Wow. Yeah. Like they weren't, they weren't thick old growth trees. Like they, they were tree planter trees, probably from like the 70s, 80s. So they're, they're big, but you could see them. It was it hard weird experience man and then i'm full of absolute fear i'm like oh jesus and then gone and then i quickly waddle back to my truck get in and leave <laughs> where, where were is you? true that was in beaverdale beaverdale so princeton area okay yeah and then and, uh, uh, watching merle get scared out of a forest by a sasquatch that was kind of cool. By the way, tell them that story. But, well, we don't have enough time. But uh, by the by the <laughs> way, Merle, the gifting site is destroyed by animals, hmm. and, and the nic- and the nickel is gone. Hmm. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
All right, we got 15 Tell seconds. Me. Thank you, Phil, Jake, and Mennonite Abe for the awesome super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. 151 watching, only 50 thumbs up. Let's try and get that to 100 tonight. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook's Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is underway. How y'all doing? My name is Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Thank you so much for tuning us on in. We want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kefosherin. Kefosherin is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers. As the Clam says the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Ghosts of the Great White North. Our main man Merle is back. Yep, he is riding along, drinking his Merlot from the Paranormal Road Trippers in Vancouver, British Columbia. We are also joined tonight by special guest Anthony Germain, who is a podcaster, a legend tripper, folklorist, a guy who does a lot of strange travels around British Columbia, hanging on out with us tonight. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you. All right, Merle, take it away. Anthony uh, was going to... Take us on a trip to Coombs for a scary story. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, this is something that happened to me. Um, and I was camping at uh, Englishman River Falls, and I thought, ah, let's, let's run into, into Coombs, uh, which was only about half an hour drive away. And there's, uh, there's a lot of secondhand store used kind of... Um, surplus stores and things like that along the main drag there. And I decided to go into one that I think was made out of like almost like a bunch of sea cans, just kind of welded together one room to another. And I was going through with uh, my wife and my son and we Everything was fine until we went into a sports memorabilia room. And as we came around the corner into this room, uh, I felt uh, uh, such a strong, oppressing presence that imagine if you couldn't hear anything at all. You're totally deaf, but somebody in pure Fury and rage was screaming in your face. <laughs> That's what this was like. It was incredible. And I, I couldn't even back up. I had to just keep on moving forward for, through this room in order to get past whatever the hell. 
We live in a world focused on ROI, KPIs, and EBITDA. At O'Reilly, we measure success a little bit differently. We measure it in bugs conquered, code releases that go out without a hitch, and that little nugget of sage advice that helps make the impossible suddenly possible. We see success every day in our 2.5 million members on the O'Reilly Learning Platform. It's why over 60% of the Fortune 100, along with thousands of smart mid-sized companies and scrappy startups, count on O'Reilly to help their teams learn the tools and technologies that drive real innovation. It's your people who create success. Invest in them and the rest of the numbers fall into place. Someone has to build the future. At O'Reilly, we think it can be you. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform today at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. Hell was happening. And as I was walking through it, I try to identify where it's coming from. There was no apparitions whatsoever but there was a hockey jersey of some piddling no-name uh, team in wherever. I didn't even focus enough to read it. And it was framed and it was signed by, there was one signature on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the, the glass was cracked in two places. So up one corner and then down the other one. And a big neon sign that was made to look like a blam from a comic said its price, I don't know, $95 as is no returns. And was it Howie Meeker? That was it. Was it Howie Meeker? Because Howie Meeker lives, <laughs> lived in Parksville. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it, I, it, I started, it, true story. I started my radio career in Parksville. And when Howie Meeker walked into our studio for the first time, I was like stunned, man. Like this is Howie Meeker, right? He's a Canadian legend. Yeah. I I I, I wish I could answer that question. All I could feel was pure, unadulterated hatred wow. towards me specifically, because I think I could feel it. Uh, I think I think when an energy realizes that it's being recognized by some, it'll really just go for it. Um, and it was actually the first time that I ever caught any inkling whatsoever that my son could also feel these things. Hmm. He could sense these things because when I finally got to the other room, that feeling was gone immediately. Hmm. And it was, it was just a bunch of crappy cups and VHS tapes. Um, but then I was like, oh, there's no exit back here. I have to go back. Damn it. <clears throat> so I tried to race through as fast as I could. And just like bad air conditioning was right on you. And uh, and I noticed that my son, he was right beside me. And he, he kind of went, you know, like he was being pushed and he was being upset by something. And, uh, yeah, um, and I got another feeling in Coombs, but it wasn't quite as serious. And I kind of followed it. I, I I wanted to see where that one was coming from, so I followed it. And 
Did it, I found some. Did it lead you to the? Did, did it lead you to the roof where the goats are and they could chew on your beard? No, no. Those goats. Those goats were all sleeping. No, it was a ripoff. That is a yeah. ripoff. That is. A but the one that I followed took me to a, a weird corner of the store with a bunch of Nazi regalia stuff. So I just got chills when you said that because I was going to be like, I see your coom story, and I'll raise you one as well. Um, we were in this 2019. We were just visiting my friend. He lives in Port Alberni, and he took us for a day trip to Tacoons. And um, we went into this same antique store, and I felt such negative, unwanted energy by the military memorabilia that I still to this day randomly think about it. And I want to go back there to see why. Mm-hmm. And since like we collect haunted objects and study haunted objects, I kind of want to have Sandra hone in on one of them or to see what object has that energy. And depending on the price, because you know how these stores are, buy it mm-hmm. and study it. But my Dude, God. I'd go back like- there with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as you started talking about this hockey jersey, I'm like, I know this is the store. This is the store. Yeah. And, and here we are. This is the store. Yeah. Um, the island is supernatural, man. I um, I forget the name of the theaters. It's escaping right now. But I, I've investigated some pretty cool theaters out there. And um, stories for days. It's so old. Were you, was the theater that you were investigating, where was that? Where was it? It was on the outskirts of Victoria. I'll look it up on our on our little break. I forget the name of it now. The the Langham Langham Court. Oh, that was a good one. Victoria Victoria is just a haunted mansion that didn't know when to stop growing, my friend. Like <laughs> <So true>. uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't. It the hauntings in Victoria are they're untouchable. Uh, nothing. In in my experience in Victoria, has come close to the Empress Hotel. Do tell. Oh, oh God! Um, how much time have we got on here? Well, we forty five minutes. We got we got a lot of time. Go ahead, tell the story in Victoria. Okay, so when when I uh, was in Victoria uh, for fifteen years of my twenty there, I was a window cleaner. And one of our big contracts was the Empress Hotel, so I had to go. Um, in and out of that place all the time. And we would actually do the inside and outside of every window in there every three months. So um, the, what was it, the Humboldt Wing, it's, um, that was the worst of it, the worst of it, because not only did the decorum look like a funeral home, um, it felt like one too. It's just that the dead people didn't know they were dead. Um I saw full-body apparitions. I saw partial-body apparitions. It almost became normal. But it was busy. It was very, very busy. Um, uh, There was a captain on the sixth floor. Well, he might not have been a captain. I don't know, but he he looked the part. Um, And he was roaming down a hall, and I actually thought that, he was a he was just a, a guest until he got to the the fire exit door and he just walked into it. 
And that was it. And then, oh, sheesh. Um, where they have their, um, their elevator banks. Uh, that place, uh, on every floor, on every floor, you could always feel the people that were still coming and going. Um, I can't even, I can't even point out specific room numbers or floors or anything because there were so many of them. They get lost in the shuffle. Um, but there is one outside. Hmm. Um, she's, she's in a well because it's kind of shaped basically like a, like a sharp angled M and there's these two courtyards and one of them is a very deep courtyard, um, that doesn't have any grass at the bottom of it. It's just straight concrete. And I don't know what, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened to her, but, uh, when I'd be cleaning the outside, uh, I'd be starting pretty early in the morning and I'd have a really long pole and you could always tell that she was around and she, she would walk around that small courtyard. She was always in one place or another. Oh man. Uh, the Empress is, oh, and they they recently renovated the hell out of uh the empress and uh that really kicked things up especially in the basement um that's in the basement is where you know everyone would do all the the hotel stuff that nobody wants to see the laundry huge kitchen all these maintenance halls and everything like that and Doors were always slamming. There were those big hollow metal doors, so it scared the hell out of you. Uh, again, I I could keep on going, but when there's did other you know, places. When did you know you can sense things or see things? And what was your first experience with that? Oh. Uh, pinning down a first experience would be tricky. Um I think my first, my first really, um, I'd have to say when I was about 12 years old, um, my great uncle died and we were in the cemetery. I, I really loved him. I really loved him. He had shell shock from world war two. So he was, he was a bit, he was a bit not with it all the time. And he always made me laugh. I didn't know I was laughing at somebody with a mental illness, but um, I was laughing with him. And when he, when we were burying him, um, it was raining really, really hard. And I watched the coffin go on the ground and I heard his laugh. I heard his laugh, the laugh that we shared together. And, um, I turned to my grandpa, it was his brother who had passed away. I turned to my grandpa and I said, Hey, did you hear Uncle CeeLo? He's laughing at you. He's laughing at you. And uh, they got mad at me for saying that. And that's when I knew no one else heard that. It was just me. Wow. And, that, yeah. and then after that, I didn't, I actually didn't talk about it very much at all until, until that coombs incident to be perfectly honest 
um, when I noticed that my son had a, a, a reaction to that same jersey, I thought, oh, okay, I got, I got to talk to him, let him know that, you know, so he doesn't get isolated with it, mm-hmm. um, so that he can kind of, you know, be all right with it. And then, of course, uh, meeting with Brennan, um, being able to conversate easily about these things. Uh, he he actually introduced me into the world of being like the, the world that I'm a part of now. It's mm-hmm. all him. Now, this is actually a question I've always wanted to ask somebody who, or you could say, second generation sensitive, like with your son. How do you? What information did you give him? How did you help him to be able to deal with that? Because, like, my parents told me to shelf it when I was younger or it's all in your head, or I've heard other people have that same experience, but how do you constructively help a person through that? Um, I told him the way that I, and this is what I've been doing to handle it so that I don't get overwhelmed. Um, because in this world uh, of energies and invisible realities, we all know that intention uh, plays a, a massive role. And so your intentions towards something, your intentions for something, whatever it is, uh, you can also control your intentions of what you'll allow. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I did uh, when I was younger is I, I imagined an antenna coming up out of my head. And if I put the antenna up, I allowed whoever, whatever, to just reach out it doesn't it doesn't it didn't matter but if i started getting overwhelmed i would almost meditate on the idea of the antenna going down and that always helped me with the day-to-day or it helped me to ignore things um but it also helped me to to focus and put my intention out there that i am listening now Mm -hmm. i'm listening without having to say whoever you are i'm here now i i just say it intentionally and with him i said that you know he's not weird it, it he's not strange he's, it's not in your head it's on your head it's or it's on your shoulder or it's behind <laughs> your back or it's under your feet or it's it's everywhere it's energy there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it so if you can control how you react to it it might help with how it reacts to you. Not all the time, but also sometimes I, I wonder if maybe it's not a place that's haunted. It's a people. Right. Interesting. Interesting. When you say it's a pe- it's a people, expand on that a little bit because I think that's pretty profound. It is. Well, it, Historically, our parents, the people are like, oh, that's hogwash. They would see people as kooky and, you know, eccentric and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they, they just downplay these people that, that have experiences, that have a reality that you can't, you can't understand. But uh, folks that go out in search of things, um, they're more receptive. And if you're more receptive, you're going to see more, you're going to mm-hmm. feel more, you're going to experience more, which means you're going to be haunted more. 
So it's the people. It's insensitive people. And people shouldn't ignore that sensitivity. They shouldn't try to hide it. They should try to embrace it because if for nothing else, it can help them understand an invisible world. Come on. That's what we've been looking for this whole time. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. So we've got about four minutes to go before we got to go to break. At the bottom of the hour, Ghost of the Great White North coming on. Now, Anthony, I had a question from Gordium in the chat room on whether or not you've ever looked into the gnomes of Tofino. And we're not talking Justin in Trudeau. On, yeah, we're not talking Justin Trudeau on a on a uh, <laughs> surfboard here. I, I've never heard of the gnomes of Tofino, but I am about to. Who was it that, that, that asked that? Uh, one of the gentlemen in our chat room, Gordium. What? Gordium? Gordium. Thank you. Gordium. Thank you. Thank you. I am going to. That's going to be great. I'm going to write that down right now. The Gnomes of Tofino. Yeah, that's going to be good. Have you ever tracked down any gnome stories from across the province? Me? Yeah. No. No. None. I want to. I'm going to. This is great. Dave, give us a gnome story. Uh, no, I don't have any. I don't have any. But I used to be petrified of them until David Weatherly uh, woke me up. Told me I wasn't allowed <laughs> to be scared of them anymore because I could bring re- really bad stuff on me. But many of the First Nations communities in British Columbia, they actually... Um, they actually are looking into uh, and have studied and had interactions with little people, much like Gulliver's Travels, you know, the old cartoon and folklore. And Like the brownies from Willow. Yeah. Cool. Great. <laughs> wow. Um, Dave, what was the story, like, when, the last time I was up there? Um, we were talking to your friend and he was telling us a story about where he lived, um, about little people that were on his like reserve area. Well, my friend Danny, he actually, he actually, he's first nations and, and his mom did something to upset the little people. So I remember he, uh, I I asked him one day, I said, Hey, what are you doing tonight? He goes, well, I'm, uh, You know, he was kind of silent about it. And I'm like, no, serious, what are you doing? He goes, I'm making uh, trinkets and hats for the little people. And I said, why? He goes, well, my mother upset upset them, and they've gone and taken all of my mom's jewelry. So I'm making an offering to them. And, you know, we have food and berries and, and everything for them. And I said, well, how does this work? He goes, well, once everything is made and I'll take the plate, I'll take it up to her room where her jewelry are or was. And then we, you know, we'll sit there and wait. And so I saw him a couple of days later. I'm like, how'd it go? And he's like, yeah. he goes, I think it went pretty good. He goes, uh, you know, we put the plate up about an hour later. We started hearing the sound of footsteps in my mom's room, and and we heard uh, some laughing and some giggling and, and some, you know, things clanging around. And then all of a sudden when it went silent, we went back up into the room. All of the hats were gone. All of the trinkets were gone. And all the mom's jewelry was back on 
on the uh, plate. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I love it. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we, if, you, if you hear legends of, like, you know, the the little people of Ireland and any type of elvish or impish characters, you... you you really shouldn't mess with them. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't. And I, I can't imagine that the uh, the ideas of these little folk would be any different. That's great. That is great. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to get you guys to hold on right there. We've got another final segment of Ghosts of the Great White North with our man, the myth, and the legend, Merle. A Merlica the Beautiful and the Paranormal Road Trippers and Anthony Germain, our special guest tonight. We'll be back with more Spaced Out Radio right after this. We're clear, boys. We're clear. Dave, did you get a new webcam? I've got two. Okay. This is very clear. It's the lighting. Did you get new lighting? I got new lighting. Oh, ring light. There you go. I got two of them in here. Nice. One for each side of my fat melon. <laughs> All right. Anthony, next on our final half hour, back, we're going to. We have a lot of uh, American listeners. So I want three stories of if people were coming up here, what legends or hauntings should they look into? That you've come across, or talk. Oh about. man! Yep, there's some good ones. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Barkerville a pretty big plug. All right, and the island I'm on a big island kick. Okay, sure, Fantan Alley. Okay, did you go there? Uh, I did not. Um, the other half went. She went. So. How does How does she feel about that? Um, crazy stories, crazy histories. Um, that would be a place that I would really like to thoroughly investigate. Hmm. Well, the thing is, is that Victoria itself, and again, I don't know um, a lot of the islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like in Nanaimo and stuff like that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but Victoria, whew, that's a ghost hunter's dream. Mm-hmm. That's a ghost hunter's dream. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Because there's so much. There's, the history of it's so rich. And same with Parkerville. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll try to come up with another one. I think I've investigated Barkerville seven times. Six. Seven. Wow. Roll hard. Roll pretty hard since about 2014. <laughs> So everyone's awesome up there. How did uh, how did you your guys' last trip turn out? Oh, dude, we got a lot of good stuff. 
great. Um, yeah, we got some good stuff at uh, every building we went into, actually. Oh, terrific. Yeah. Um, it was fun. We will be back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Langham Theater you were talking about. That's up by the art gallery in mm-hmm. Royal Royal Oak, right? Yep. That's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, um, I was upstairs. We were investigating where all the costumes were. It was me and my, my two buddies. It was just like, and, uh, my buddy Jane, my buddy Jeff, and, um, all the military uniforms there. Doesn't matter what country they're from. Most of them are World War II era. Yeah. They're all original. They're all surplus uniforms. Yeah. And, um, we were doing an EVP session and, uh, we had our full spectrum camera out. And, um, I can try and find the footage, man. But we were asking whoever was in there, because the medium we were with, he said that there's a couple spirits up there um, to show themselves, make themselves known. Wow. And we literally saw an arm go like this, like like where the, the jacket like was hanging. Sleeve? Yeah, the sleeve. Or did you? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. It, oh, man, it was wild. So that was cool. Um, Empress Theater, like you were talking about. I had an experience yeah. there. I went there on a work trip a long time ago. And um, I was just in my room chilling before like our work functions. And um, I heard someone in my washroom. But it was just me. No one was with me. It was just me. I'm like, huh? And then um, I listened again. And I opened the door. There was no one in there. So I closed the door again because it was creeping me out. And then someone was walking around in the washroom again. And then the door opened, unlatched and opened. <laughs> That's a story I, I just remembered when you were talking about the Empress. It totally jogged my memory. That hotel's so old and so haunted. Much like oh, your yeah. underwear. The, what about the underwear? I said much like your underwear. Oh, <laughs> maybe. It's <laughs> the way we cool. roll around here. Yep. <laughs> Merle. Merle. All right, we got 20 seconds. Big thank you to Phil, Jake, and Mennonite Abe for the amazing super chats tonight. Hi, Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. And uh, we're going to get going here in just a couple of seconds. Stay tuned. Thank you to all the veterans. Thank you for all the thumbs up. Here we go, everyone. the halfway point on Space Down Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us on in. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, please check out our archives for free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you 
Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Until the top of the hour, we have Ghosts of the Great White North from the Paranormal Road Trippers. It's our main man, Merle, hanging out with us as he does every month, talking all things paranormal and spooky. Joining us tonight... BC Folklore's legend tripper, Anthony Germain. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. And Anthony, I mean, there's so many different types of legends and monsters, cryptids, ghost stories, UFO stories, alien abductions in British Columbia. What do you really enjoy about, what's your favorite topic? Oh, come on. That's a tricky question, Yes, my it is. I love them all. I love them all. In fact, my you know what my favorite topic is? The one I don't know yet. Like, for example, earlier tonight, Gnomes of Tofino. That's my favorite. I have no idea what it is. So now I get to look into it. It's going to be great. Uh, but honestly, I love them all. I love them all. I can't get enough of them. Um, I, 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 want, I want UFOs. Um, I, it's, not that I, I, it's not that I want to believe. I do believe. Um, I just, I want them and I want, uh, Bigfoot. I want all the, all, I want the gnomes. I want it all. Um, so that's a really, really tough question. Okay. Because let, let me rephrase it then. What do you want do to it. encounter? What are your top three Bigfoot. that you, you want to encounter? Top three? Okay. <laughs> Bigfoot, Bigfoot, and Bigfoot. <laughs> no. Uh, number one is definitely, definitely Bigfoot. Um, I, I really don't know why. Um, I have such a, an affinity towards it. He's, he's accomplished something that we've all tried so hard to, and that's to just be on everyone's mind and not in their sight. But, uh, I actually have a, I have a big tattoo of Bigfoot all along the side of my head. And, um, uh, you can only see him when I, when I shave the side of my head because when my hair grows back and you can't see him, it doesn't mean he isn't there. That's how I feel about Bigfoot. Now that's a tattoo with meaning. Yeah. That's cool. Number two, number two, uh, is definitely ghosts. Um, because. There's so many theories about why we still see their energy, what their message might be, uh, what different types there are. There's so many different, you know, it's an orb, it's a full body apparition, it's a feeling, it's a, it's a demon, it's whatever it is. But that's another thing about British Columbia, why I, I love the, the idea of the stone tape theory. Um, so I, 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 I'm all about the ghosts and of course UFOs. I want UFOs, uh, because <laughs> I want something to rescue us. <laughs> that yeah. I don't blame you. That I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, where are you located, Anthony? I am in a very small town. Uh, the population, well, the winter population is about 290. The summer population is about 1,000. 
It's called Wells, BC. Beautiful area. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful. We're about eight kilometers uh, down the highway from the best place on earth, Barkerville, BC. Now you know that on the other side of Williams Lake, heading towards Anaheim Lake, there is a former CIA runway there where people have seen or claim to have seen missiles being shot. They claim to have seen Sasquatch there. They claim to have had UFO experiences around that area, missing time. Have you heard about this place? Uh, yeah, it, 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 there's, there's a few, there's a few different areas, but, uh, once you, um, oh, what's the name of that canyon? I can't remember the name of the canyon. I feel like an idiot. But, is it up uh, for you? Devil's Canyon? No, no, no. Um, this is, this is on the other side towards, uh, Bella Coola when you're about to hit the Chilcotin Plateau. Uh, so you'd be heading, uh, west from Williams Lake. And oh my God, I can't remember the name of it. But there's there's this there's a very deep canyon where the Fraser River runs through it, and it is it's it's a sight to behold. But again, it's that running water, granite, um, that just a, a place of pure energy where strange things happen. Um, and I don't know where the CIA runway is. Um, but I'd certainly try to find it, but I heard the stories of, in fact, Williams Lake, I was born there. Um, so I spent a good chunk of my childhood there and uh, a little bit of my teen years. And, uh, I heard a lot of the, the legends there missing time there though. A lot of people just say they were drunk. They're, oh, you're drunk. So that's what it always came to, but. Sasquatch sightings, absolutely, especially because you're on your way. Uh, once you go up the, the plateau, then then you drop down the, the mountains uh, into Bella Coola. And Bella Coola is a, whew, that's, that's a real hot spot for Sasquatch and weird things happening. Lots of spirituality there as well. Apparently there are in that area... A number of former and retired CIA members living around that runway. And (laughs) the First Nations in that area, and there's a couple of different bands there, that uh, have confirmed that there's a lot of high strangeness around this area. In fact, on this show a couple of years ago, former spy and spook Richard Doty was telling us a story about how he was hunting for moose with a, with another fellow CIA guy and their First Nations guide around the Anaheim Lake area. And they, they were up on a hill looking down into a valley, and they saw a Sasquatch in their scopes walking through the valley. And when they pointed cool. it out to the guide, wow. the guide is like, I'm out. I'm gone. <laughs> and and they're like no no let's stay let's let's try and track this and Doty was uh w- literally said the guide was like no we are leaving right now you can either stay here and have this thing kill you or but it's not getting me and I have no problem abandoning it so they ended up leaving they didn't get their moose 
but they ended up leaving because of their Sasquatch sighting. I I had one one thing happen to me uh, that had to do with with moose uh, in that area that wasn't as cool as as seeing a Bigfoot, but um, my uncle and I were tracking a moose, and um, it was it was still quite snow like there was a lot of snow on the ground still so it was easy to track and we were in an open meadow uh it's very like you know nothing it wasn't foggy or anything like that and we were we were stepping in its footprints we we're like oh man this is gonna be easy and then its footprints in the middle of this meadow stopped that was it that was the end of the trail and there's so much yeah. of that you know, like I was talking to a couple of Sasquatch researchers here recently and and talk about high strangeness when it comes to not only this creature, but a lot of different animals, you know, like you just mentioned, even a moose. And it's hard to fathom a 2,000-pound moose just stopping, the tracks just stopping. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of the Sasquatch hunters out there and researchers, the weird part about it is they only ever find one print. But what's even stranger than that is from that one print that they find, about 98% of them, 99% of them are right feet. You never find a left foot. And it (laughs) is the absolute strangest thing that nobody can figure out about the Sasquatch. Why is it always a right footprint? Have you ever heard about that, Anthony? Uh, no, but it's great. Um, I mean, maybe they just have two right feet. <laughs> Who knows? We haven't been able to discover anything about them, right? I think that's, that's fantastic. You, Dave, that's the first time I've actually thought about that, and that kind of blows my mind a little bit because it's true. You're right. They only ever find the right one. If you look at any, if you look at anybody's castings that they have, yeah. unless they found multiple tracks, okay. If you look at anybody's single casting that they have, where they say we found this one track, nine point nine times out of ten, that track is right footed. Yeah, <laughs> it sure is. People <laughs> listening, don't roast me for asking this. It's just a question. Um. Do you think Bigfoot could be not have a right or left foot, kind of just a straight foot, hence the way he's said to walk? Well, it, it, like if it was a club foot, right? Uh, yeah. you're, that would make the most sense. But um, one of my favorite researchers is the late, great John Green. And uh, he was in um, Harrison, uh, B.C., and now, like, of all the books as I look through, of all the photos I see, I'm like, oh, my God. What what little arch they have, it all goes in the same direction. I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it, to be perfectly honest. That's what I mean. Is every right foot just their foot? Yeah. Well, Super Duke from, yeah. World, Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is giving at me hell in the uh, in the chat room. He goes, it's not. I have left foot tracks. And so I'm going to do this in Duke's voice. It's not. I have left foot tracks. <laughs> and some of my friends do too. And then he goes on to say, entire trackways 
up to three miles long have been found and filmed. I love the way Duke <laughs> talks. I do. All right. Well, if anybody would know, it's him. No, but, uh, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't left footprints out there, you know, mm-hmm. because they have been found. It's just the majority of people who I have talked to within the Bigfoot community always seem to, you know, when they see a track, usually it's it's right-footed. So it, it's just kind of weird. Kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Huh. British Columbia, Anthony, has a very diverse population and very diverse culture. And that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love living here, you know. And there's a lot of legends that come from the First Nations communities, the Chinese communities, the Southeast Asian communities, and so on and so forth, whether it's, you know, Middle Eastern people coming over here and talking about the jinn, or whether it's, you know, people who've been here forever who talk about, you know, ghosts on their farmland or or ghosts up in the mountain or lights in the sky. I mean, this is stuff that has been seen for centuries. What do you think attracts British Columbia to all of this high strangeness? Uh, oh, um, I actually think that high strangeness happens, um, uh, everywhere. It, it happens everywhere. But I also think that British Columbia, since its inception, when it was, uh, the, almost called the New Caledonia, um, it was a melting pot. It was a melting pot of people from all over the world that were coming up for the gold rush. And, um, of course, they're bringing with them their own take on things, their own, um, their own folklore, their own legends, like you were saying earlier. And sometimes I think that um, because it's so vocal and it's, it's, a, it's a multicultural melting pot and always has been, I think that that's why the legends and the stories are more readily told in British Columbia than the actual uh, I don't think it, it actually happens more here. I just think that people are less concerned about discussing it. One of the things that I have learned through this, and I'm curious to get your opinion. I, and I know Mike has a lot of my um, a lot of my uh, same feelings and sentiments about this. A lot of these legends that are around British Columbia all seem to stem around the First Nations people. And for some reason, us as researchers really have a hard time paying attention to that, whether it's Sasquatch, whether it's the sea monsters of Cannon Lake or Okanagan Lake or on the west coast of the ocean waters. You know, there's a number of sea monsters in British Columbia. And I, I'm looking at what your thoughts are regarding the fact that we have so much going on here. The The indigenous people have really tried to talk to us about it, but for some reason, our scientific minds and, and the way we are, we just haven't allowed that belief yet. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't agree with you more. I think that the, the indigenous legends and tales are the ones that should be listened to the most. Uh, because the, I think that they're... 
and I could be wrong. Um, but I think that when, um, when, when, when a foreigner comes into, uh, you know, the indigenous land and they, they start, you know, making their own homesteads and making it their own, they, they also bring with them their own bias of phenomenon. Um, it, like we were saying, it could be the jinn, it could be the devil, it could be all these different things that we brought with us and ignore the stories that have already been here telling you exactly what it is and what it has been for a thousand years and this plain, simple knowledge to the people that were already there. Um, so... I don't actually think it's a scientific mind that gets in the way. I think it's a biased mind that gets in the way. Um, yeah. I think we've just adopted our own, well, I shouldn't say we, but you, you get my meaning. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of colonizers have adopted and brought in their own explanations, and that's all they need. Um, and I think that's actually... It's it's it, it's a very sad thing for society, and it's been happening for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Close-mindedness. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If if an indigenous person came up to me and said, "Hey, do you want me to tell you the legend about this summer?" Get road trip ready with the brake experts at Midas, with up to a hundred dollars back on two axle brake service when you use your Midas credit card, so you can make sure every stop on your road trip is one you want to make. Request your appointment today at Midas.com. It's hurricane season. Flood insurance can help you avoid paying out of pocket for costly damage. It's time to trust your instincts. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov. About somebody that crossed the street, I'd be like, yes, I do. Because it's going to be an incredible story with a meaning at the end of it. Yep. Whereas I'd be like, what are you talking about? Is this some jerk across the street? And so indigenous stories are the best, the best of them. And mm -hmm. we need more. I could agree more with that. You know, like I, like I remember talking to one of the elders up here and I asked him point blank about Sasquatch. And he goes, no, we don't get a lot of Sasquatch. And then he kind of mumbled under his breath. He goes, I just wish the damn star people would leave our people alone. <laughs> right because every, every year there is stories up here of indigenous and it's usually indigenous males being found either passed out or being uh, found incoherent lying on the middle of their of the road and they get hit by cars they get hit by logging trucks you know uh, that's terrible it, it, it's horrible because you know the unfortunate part about it is, you know, a lot of people use stereotype in order to say, well, the, there was another man drunk on the road or, or stoned on the road, and it isn't that at all. You know, this is this goes beyond what we are talking about. And a, a few years ago when I first moved up here, it happened like to three different men, mm -hmm. right? And and the community is knows what's going on. The police are going to say, well... You know, alcohol or drugs had to be an issue here, right? But that isn't it. There's stuff going on that we just can't explain. Where are you, Dave? I'm in 100 Mile House, British Columbia. Ah, okay. I'm just south. Caribou boy. I am a caribou boy. 
<laughs> I am a caribou boy. And well, I'm an adopted caribou boy and we set up the the studio out here and and I've been up here since 2015 and we'll never go back to where Mike is in the lower mainland. Get never. me out of here. You you know, you know what happens when you grow a beard in the lower mainland? You don't know it it, it shows two things. Number 1, you probably put roll-up rings in your pants. You know, you roll up the ankles. Number one, but number two, it means you like soccer, and number three, it means you don't know how to change the oil in your electric car. Uh, or to put the gas in it. Yeah. So, it, it yeah, it just bugs me, gentlemen. We got about two and a half minutes to go here on Spaced Out Radio, and. What a lot of fun this has been. And, Anthony, we definitely got to bring you back. You're really our type of people around here, man. So thank you, uh, Merle, oh. for introducing us to Anthony. And, Anthony, uh, really appreciate hearing your stories and your love of, of finding these these legends and these really cool stories, man. I appreciate I appreciate you guys. It, uh, it means a lot to me. Thank you. And we'll have to make our way up there. And meet you, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, I absolutely. need a good road trip up to Wells and, and to Barkerville. And I think that'll be happening sooner rather than later in the next few weeks. Come to the House Hotel Saloon. I'm the bartender now. Wow. Awesome. I, I know where that is. <laughs> I know where that is, you know? Yeah. You know, so awesome. no, we appreciate it. Merle, what's coming up for you with the Paranormal Road Trippers? The, the Paranormal Road Trippers are heading south uh, next month for for a while uh, to Oregon and uh, sorry to Washington. I'm going to Saint Ignatius uh, Hospital and I'm investigating there. I'm going to do some investigating in Seattle and um, off to Nevada in August. And then next week we are filming a second episode of In Van City uh, featuring a. 1800s haunted doll. Yeah, you love your haunted dolls. I don't know why. You know, but that little weird fetish you have there is (laughs) is uh, a little strange, my friend. It is. What can I say? It is. And for us here, you know what? I love it when we do Ghosts of the Great White North, man. It's uh, we never know where we're gonna go around the world. You know, talking about ghost stories and talking about adventures like this. And tonight was a different adventure, man. And and it, I love it when it when it kind of goes off the off the rails like that because you never know where the stories are going to land, and uh, and it just makes it so much better. It really does. So uh, thank you guys for coming on the show and sharing your stories and your knowledge and and everything. It really makes uh, for a good radio show. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Merle, Ghost of the Great Merle. White North. His next appearance, when will Merle appear next? How about July 20th? July 20th is when the Merle will return. And, you know, of course, we still have more show to come for all of you out there. We have a full hour. Hour number three. We'll kick things off with another spooky story from our good friend, the Swamp Dweller. And from there, we have Tim Senor filling in on the UFO report. We're going to get down and dirty talking some UFOs. Shirky Poo will close things out with the news tonight. 
because that's what she does oh so well. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. Mary Merle, miss. Mary Merle. Uh huh. Merle it up one last time for our man Merle, people. Merle. Hi, gorgeous Jessica S. Oh, that was fantastic, guys. Cool. All right. All right. Thanks, Anthony. We will talk to you on Friday. Yeah, no. Thanks for having me, you guys. It was a lot of fun. I'll come into your bar, man. Do it. Do it. Uh It'd be great. I'd love it. (laughs) All right, guys. I'll do the disconnect thing if I know how to. All right. I'll kick you out. There you go. Oh. Good night, buddy. (laughs) Good night. What a cool dude, man. What a cool dude. I like him. Yep. Solid. Look at all the Merle love you're getting, man. Oh, Merle. They love the Merle. See, they need their Merle time. They are Merleaholics. Merleaholics. Anonymous. Uh huh. You look like you've lost weight, Merle. Did it go from your chin to your ass or what? That's what COVID does to you. You don't eat for a week. And then you kind of lose your. I can do this for you if you want. Uh, so in other words, you had Merlevid. Had Merlevid, yep. Merlevid. We had close encounters with the Merlevid. Holy you cow! Know how it is. Look at Shane. Look at the separation between Shane and his hair. That's not a forehead <laughs> or a five head. That's like a six head. Oh, classic Shane. I know where he works. I know you know where he works. That's why I threw the shot. Oh, yep. All right. Oh, look at Shane. He's been diagnosed with Merle 19. There it is. He has. Merle 19. (laughs) Yeah. Geez, Shane's putting up Fapster status for that forehead, man. (laughs) Shane's messaging me. (laughs) What's he saying? Yeah. He said bowl. Bowl cut. Bowl cut. All right, Merle. You just gave me a nickname. He's been waiting for one. The bowl cut. Yeah, there he is. Big bad Shane. Classic bowl cut cut right there. All right, Merle. it again. I'll call you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. All right. We'll uh, tune on into Dirty Filth before bringing Tim in here. I'm going to go quickly take a pee. I'll be right back.
So after the show tonight, when we sign off, uh, just so you know, there's not going to be a little after party. I have to uh, run down to the museum and uh, see what's going on there. So you're kicking me out early, Dave. Well, at midnight. At midnight. It's because I love you. I love you, filth. I'll go play with cats, watch them. Well, you're, you're cat guy. I'm serious on TV. You are cat guy. Oh, I, I love dogs, Dave, but I just got no room for dogs. All right, Phil. Sorry. Oh, shoot. And I'm caught. All right, thank you to Phil, Jake, and Mennonite Abe for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love, and we're going to get going here in like five seconds, everyone. Let's have some fun. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of spaced out radio is now underway my name is dave scott thank you so much for tuning us on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america and digitally on odyssey radio Talkstream live and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zephoshurin. Zephoshurin is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head into the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller has another spooky story for us. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I am 15 years old, and this happened when I was 13. I live in Illinois, but this took place in Wisconsin. I will tell you the site's surroundings, because it will be important later in the story. We own about 200 acres of land in Wisconsin. My dad and I hunt on it a lot. Most of this land is covered in trees. There is a small garage and house where we store our weapons and sleep. There is a small gate where you enter the forest, and that's where our story starts. My dad and me... We will call him Andrew. We enter the gate, and we hike for a few miles. Also, just to let you know, our land is joined by a forest that is larger than 200 acres. We hiked a few miles to our hunting nest in one of the trees, and we waited for an hour or two, and didn't see a thing. No animals, or anything. Only birds singing and squirrels hanging out. After another hour of waiting, everything suddenly goes silent. And if you know when there is a large predator around, other animals generally become quiet, 
and leave the area or hide. So we thought a bear was somewhere around us. Still, my dad told me bears don't live around here, so we questioned why it would be so silent. After about a half an hour of silence, I saw something I told my dad about, and he saw it too. I will give you the best description I can provide you. This thing, it was tall. It was about seven or eight feet tall if I had to guess, and its arms, oh my god, they almost reached the ground. It had these small yellow eyes and a vast, gaping mouth. We were scared absolutely crapless, looking at it until it snapped its head and looked at us, and growled. We thought it was going to attack us at any moment. Still, it just kept looking at us, like it was determining if we were alive, or if we were food, or maybe something like that. But after it darted by us really quickly, we had to turn around slowly. When we looked, it was still staring at us, but only for a few seconds, until it zipped into the forest, and we didn't see it until again later. So, I and my dad contemplated what the heck we were going to do. We had no idea what we had just witnessed, and what type of creature this was. We had no clue. So we waited for a few hours until it got dark, and that's when we thought it was a good idea to get the heck out of there. We left our hunting blind and got back to our garage without incident, and we went to sleep. Still, after a few hours, we were woken up to a scratching sound outside. My dad said it was like a raccoon or something, but I wasn't convinced. I took my dad's rifle and Glock just in case, and I looked outside, and there it was, the same creature from before. So what I did was slowly crept away to go upstairs to the first place where we slept. But when I was walking upstairs, I stepped on a creaky board, and this creature heard it. It screeched and slammed into the door. I thought it was going to break through, but somehow it didn't. It just cried a few more times and ran away. So we called the police and told them what we saw, but the police just shrugged it off as our imagination. But I swear to God, my dad and me saw it twice, and we even showed them the scratches they just searched the perimeter, and that was pretty much it. They said that they couldn't really do anything because, obviously, there was no body or no proof that this creature was even here. I'm going to that place to hunt again soon, but we will be armed to the teeth. My dad got me a Glock as a present, and my dad got himself two Mossberg 590 shotguns for me and him to be safe. Let's hope we don't see this creature again. I'll tell you about the results later. Oh, we love it when the Swamp Dweller comes in and shares spooky cryptid stories with us. Swamp Dweller can be heard on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. He's got thousands of stories for your liking, so make sure you go check it on out. All right, it's time to go for the UFO report. Joining us tonight, Tim Senor. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Big Bad Tim comes back in to Spaced Out Radio Land and hangs on out with us with uh, some incredible news once again in the UFO world, including a video that you want to share with us, my friend. How you been doing? 
Oh, I've been doing real well, Dave. How about yourself? I am fantastic, my man. Fantastic. You know, I had a busy day filming with a television crew here in town, uh, looking into some uh, local ghosts and legends. And then I had to rush back after uh, getting interviewed uh, at my uh, the museum that I did my tour on. And... Uh, and then rush back into the studio and get everything kind of put together. And I'll tell you, I have had a busy, busy day running around with lots of woo, my friend. Lots and oh, lots of fun. woo. Sounds fun. So you're talking about an investigation you're doing. That's great. Well, not me. I'm just, I'm kind of the backbones guy because it's at the museum where this was going on. I was wow. I was uh used to do uh tours there, paranormal tours. You know? And so okay. uh that's where they want my information. I'm already getting text messages. I must have impressed somehow, somewhere, because I'm already getting text messages from them saying, "Hey, get your ass back down here. Nothing bad's happening. We just, we just mm-hmm. want to hang out with you a little bit more. You to tell some stories. So that's what I'm gonna do. That's great. All right. They need your they need your juju down there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You have some cool stuff for us here tonight. I do. And we're I do. And where do you want to start? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to kick things off with the three mysterious flying objects that have been seen in this new military UAP video. It could just be birds, some people say, but uh I think that maybe there's something to it. Uh and so this is concerning a, a new a video that was released through the debris recently concerning the U.S. Army Apache attack helicopter video. And I'm not sure. Have you had a chance to see it yourself, Dave? I have seen that video, and I don't believe it's birds, man. You know, I look, I'm just going to I'm just going to put it out there, Tim. A lot of these videos are tough to take. We live in a world focused on ROI, KPIs and EBITDA at O'Reilly we measure success a little bit differently. We measure it in bugs conquered, code releases that go out without a hitch, and that little nugget of sage advice that helps make the impossible suddenly possible. We see success every day in our 2.5 million members on the O'Reilly Learning Platform. It's why over 60% of the Fortune 100, along with thousands of smart mid-sized companies and scrappy startups, count on O'Reilly to help their teams learn the tools and technologies that drive real innovation. It's your people who create success. Invest in them, and the rest of the numbers fall into place. Someone has to build the future. At O'Reilly, we think it can be you. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform today at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. We live in a world focused on ROI, KPIs, and EBITDA. At O'Reilly, we measure success a little bit differently. We measure it in bugs conquered, code releases that go out without a hitch, and that little nugget of sage advice that helps make the impossible suddenly possible. We see success every day in our 2.5 million members on the O'Reilly Learning Platform. It's why over 60% of the Fortune 100, along with thousands of smart mid-sized companies and scrappy startups, count on O'Reilly to help their teams learn the tools and technologies that drive real innovation. It's your people who create success. 
Invest in them, and the rest of the numbers fall into place. Someone has to build the future. At O'Reilly, we think it can be you. Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform today at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. They really are. But I am still of the essence and the belief that somebody flying a $50 million helicopter or a $60 million or $100 million jet fighter sure as hell can tell the difference between birds and something anomalous in the sky. And I am so sick of hearing this argument. Look, I'm not saying we shouldn't question the videos, Tim, any of them. We should ask questions. We need to ask questions. But at some point, when are we going to realize that you don't put dummies with bad eyesight in a $100 million jet fighter like an F-22 or an F-35 or a $50 million aircraft like an F-16, an F-18, or an F-15? You're absolutely right. Um, And I guess for me to play devil's, devil's advocate here, uh, let's look at the brand new released information coming from the war zone about the new details that were given through uh, the new FOIA uh, that describes and re- uh, provides new video that shows clearly what took place uh, back in July, I believe, of 2018. Uh, not with the Omaha. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to look back at my notes, but um this new video that came out confirmed that the drones that we thought we were filming again, and maybe this was partly on the Omaha, uh, this new videos that uh, being released are confirming in fact, that these were in fact uh, coming from a ship that was a container ship coming from Hong Kong. And so what we're seeing now is more details coming out, confirming that some of these things are actually mundane what that tells me is that some of the stuff that we're being um, given is in fact mundane. And so uh, we can't just assume that something that's being released is automatically uh, UAP. We still need to consider exactly what we're looking at before we jump to UFO or UAP. No, and I agree with that. And I know that kind of contradicts my last statement, but I mean, at some point, some point, why would the government define them as UAP if they knew they were drones? Right. And so they're calling them UAS or U, U, yeah, UAS. So that is an unidentified aerial system, right? And the Snoopy guys in this case were actually on the USS, oh, I want to say Omaha, and you can hear them. Uh, describing it as a UAS. And in fact, in this new released video, you can almost even hear rotors from this uh, drone system that they're filming. So information is really quite important to have. Um, on, On the same note, let me consider this with you just for a moment. Now, let's say that there's more information on all of the releases. So here we are with some newly declassified videos that show that this is a mundane drone system that we're um, filming. But what that tells me also is that there's many systems recording all of this stuff at the same time. And so when we get just one gun mount video of a Tic Tac 
feel sure that there's other sources of data out there and we're just being shown trickled out information as it's disclosed through either FOIA or or their hand is forced through some other means to disclose. So in other words, the government is sending us bogus videos that they already know what they are, but they're claiming them to be unidentified aerial phenomena. Does this not put into question then people like Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon and others who claimed these videos were of real UAP? Oh, not at all. I think, in fact, what it shows is they're along for the disclosure ride, right? I don't think that they knew that this was um, mundane any more than we did. So let's just look at it like this. A lot of that information isn't available or um, classified in in a fashion that can be made available because of how it's sourced. And so let's consider that that information wasn't made available even to the people. And let's remember who actually disclosed this information. Um, Consider the sources. Uh, But again, I don't really think that anyone from that team in particular came out and professed any of this to be UAP. I think this was just people that said, yes, these are confirmed videos coming from the Navy. Um, And I think we as a, not we, but... You, as the UFO community, um, were able to decipher that that um, phosphorus video that we were getting from Jeremy Corbell was, in fact, uh, potentially something just um, as a a, a sort of, you know, a, a diffraction in in the lens. I think is what it was, or a reflection, um, making it look like pyramids, where it was something actually just drones, right? And so. With more information as we get it, our, our, our attitudes can shift. And I'm sure that um, we're all pivoting right now. Um, what I think this proves is that we're getting all the information. And it's up to us to decide what is real. And I think that we as a group, along with Elizondo and his team, we're all pivoting as we get more information. Well, what, so, what's interesting, yeah. though, is the, the incidents that Jeremy Corbell was talking about happened recently recently and there were these alleged tic-tac craft that were hovering about 60 feet over top of naval vessels i don't understand and maybe it's just me that if this is the same incident why would they allow chinese drones from a hong kong cargo ship to hover 60 feet above a naval destroyer Right. And so they were zoomed in quite a bit. And I guess that according to this new information, they were still within about four miles, which is a safe distance to approach. Um, And so that's why we're getting a lot of that lens flaring and things like that is because you're looking at something that was actually at quite a distance. So, um, you know, was this vessel really infringing? No, perhaps they were seeking out to find out who was on the waters they were sharing because obviously piracy is an issue. And so, um, you know, that's as much information gathering for them on the high seas as it would be for our naval vessel to find out who they were. The fact that they didn't squawk back simply meant that they were going in their stealth mode to collect data. Um, you know, whether that's legal or not, I don't know. That's that's another matter for the high seas operators. But again, I think you make a great point um, because how much of this information is disseminated? Is it just because of how it's sourced that we're not seeing it? I don't know.
Just makes me shake my head, my friend. Makes me shake my head. All right. You sent me earlier today a video of a triangular UFO, and we may have a new military witness coming forward. What's this all about? That's right. That's right. Um, In an unrelated story, um, actually, this is coming as um, a new military witness is coming out about uh, his experience at a U.S. Navy air base in California. And so now the Daily Star is reporting that the serviceman had spotted the UFO and didn't know how to explain exactly what he'd seen. So now Angelo Aceta, <clears throat> excuse me, resided at the Lemoore Naval Air Station in Lemoore, California in 2011. And he explained to UFO researcher Ryan Sprague that no object was, I'm sorry, that this object was no ordinary plane. He says, and I quote, I noticed an object in the sky. It was too slow to be an F-18 Super Hornet. I'm very familiar with these planes because of my job. And Aceta wrote to Sprague, Aceta described the object to be lit up on each corner. The lights, quote, were on each point of the triangle. They were extremely bright and gave off a white glow. He further went on to tell Sprague that the object moved moderately fast and almost looked as if it was gliding on water. And by the time he had it center, he had centered in on the object to get a good look at it, it had sped away into thin air. So he wraps it up and says that um, he told his superiors at the base what he had seen, but his superiors did not take it seriously. And unfortunately, in a quote from him, he says, my superior immediately laughed and jokingly asked if I'd been drinking on the job, which is unfortunate. Man, always comes down to alcohol. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I I hate that. And obviously, you know, this is somebody that's bravely come forward with his uh, his sighting. And, um, you know, hopefully what's going to happen with this is we're going to be able to get enough military witnesses together to just – uh, formulate something that's credible as a group, right? These stories individually hold a lot of water, but like collectively, that's a lot of evidence. And every day, new witnesses are coming forward. And this is an incredible story. Um, and this is just one of many triangle stories that we're starting to see pop up all over the country. But it does seem like, I know it was a lot on the East Coast, perhaps in the 80s and 90s, and it seems like 2020 and beyond, we're seeing a new flap, quote-unquote, and it's all on the West Coast. Dave, do you get any up there in Canada? What's your triangle situation? The lower mainland of British Columbia, which is Vancouver, south to a, a town called Hope, where they filmed the original First Blood, and John Rambo became a character. Right. That entire area sees numerous and reports and films numerous black triangles every year. That's where I saw my two black triangles was in the lower mainland area. That is where numerous pre- people have filled, especially from the, the what we call the Fraser Valley Okay, so the Fraser Valley is more of the countryside area from about a a city called Langley East towards Hope. And literally, there are a number of triangle sightings 
that happen annually. And what are your thoughts? Are they the, are they ours or are they theirs? I don't know. See, the two that I saw, Tim, were completely different. One was massive. Massive. And my friend and I witnessed that. And this thing literally looked as big as a city. The other wow. one, and it, and it had the three lights on the points. Okay, Was this boomerang style or no, a this, solid no, triangle? No, this was solid triangle. The, oh, wow. But the triangle I saw previous to that was the entire undercarriage was covered with what looked like dumbbells of silver orbs connected to orange rods. Wow. And the weird part about that is right before that, we saw that triangle. And when I say we, me and a couple friends on my patio having a beer, we saw one of those individual orange rods with silver orbs on each end, dumbbell shape, race across the sky. Like it had come off of the triangle? No, this is this was about 25 minutes before. We saw oh. we saw the the orange rod race across the sky oh, okay. uh, from the southeast to the northwest where we were. And then 25 minutes later, wow. I looked up, the triangle was above my house, and the entire undercarriage was these dumbbells. I don't know how else to put them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Dave. So That's an intense story. Um, so Canada does have triangles. Do you yeah. know historically, is there uh, any hot spots up there? Or Well, the, there's my area. There's an area uh, along, uh, I believe, in Ontario, around the Metro Toronto area, that sees a lot of black triangles. In Quebec City and Montreal, black triangles have been spotted there. So it's very interesting. Right. Right. I think, do you think that they're attracted to the coastline or, or have no. you gotten stories that are inland? Well, the, see, this is where it gets tough to, to judge. And let's talk about that when we return from to. the break on Space Out Radio. Tim Senor is in for the UFO report. Hanging on out with us. Dirty Filth is making another painting. Looks like some boca on the water. And we'll continue with the report when we return on Spaced Out Radio next. That scared me. I, I have I have that video loaded up here. Okay. No. Wasn't sure. No. Wasn't sure. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Have you been doing your homework and watching People of Earth? No. Oh, no. it's so good. I hope your audience is enjoying it. It's, it is so much fun. I'm thinking of changing my name to Smorpheus. Smorpheus, like, like s'mores, but Morpheus. Can't tell. Maybe. Hudson's on a break. Jeremy told you that in the chat room. Hi, Dirty Filth. Hello, Dave. You're looking mighty filthy tonight. I'm just going to this last little bit of cartoon I had here. I'm just going to do the abstract type thing, yes, before 
before you watch Law and Order, maybe. Uh, anyways, Tim, to add to my uh, my triangle story, this is where it gets really, really screwed up. The one on my patio. My two friends that were over that night having a beer on my patio at about uh, 1 o'clock that afternoon... I invited them over to say, hey, and I literally, quote, end quote, said, hey, why don't you come for a a, a beer on the patio tonight, and I'm going to light a fire because I got one of those little fire pits that you put on your patio, those portable ones. I said, mm-hmm. well, we'll light a fire tonight. We'll uh, uh, roast some marshmallows, have a beer, and we'll watch some UFOs fly over. Do you know how to start a fire, Dave? I know how to start fire. Hi, gorgeous Larry. Uh, what's the name of the song that just played? What is that one? That is Abnormal by Bumble by Bumblefoot. Abnormal? No, that's not Abnormal. Uh, which one is that? It's called Hands by Bumblefoot. Hands. Hey, there's Anonymous Rex. In the chat room. <laughs> Hello, gorgeous yeah. Lucy Bell. The stunning Amy Vegas O. Mm-hmm. She had great hair in Vegas. Amy did. And just so you know, just so you know, Amy, Tim and I may or may not be in Las Vegas. The 10th through the 12th of July. We may or may not. It's a secret. Hey, there's the scowling Greg O'Brien. Get off my lawn! There he is. Just saying, Amy Vegas O. Since you kind of live in Vegas. Climb the Luxor. No way. No way. That looks scary. Mm. Uh, We have about... uh, Oh, they're texting me again. Hold on. All right. We got one minute. Okay, Dirk. I got no more cartoons left here, Dave. What's that? I got no cartoons left. Well, you're doing a great job of the of the uh, Boca. That's all it is. I like it. That's all it is. I like it. I had to find it. I like it. Beautiful. Okay, see you tomorrow. Good night, Filth. We love you, man. Have a good night. Bye. That's Dirty Filth, everyone. Getting dirty with you with his artistry. Did I accidentally mute you? No, you muted yourself. All right, big thank you tonight to my good friend Guillaume, Filzy, Jake, and Mennonite Abe for the amazing super chats. And we're going to get going about 20 seconds. Thomas Rock, how you doing, man? 
explain the emergency dink. Exactly, World Bigfoot Radio Super Dookie. I like it. I like it a lot. Here we go, everyone. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the UFO report. Our good man Tim Senor filling in tonight, doing a handy dandy job at the <laughs> old other end of the microphone. Tim, welcome back. Thanks a lot, Dave. It's so much fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Black triangles. Like said, That's what we were talking yeah. about. Black triangles. Yeah. Human, man-made, aliens. What do you got? Well, that's my question because I'm hearing from good sources that there's two distinct kinds, right? The TR-3B, which I'm assuming is named that because it's our design. And um, specifically, I've heard there are white lights on the corners and a red pulsing light in the center of the TR-3B. And there's another version now I'm hearing where there are red... Request a free demo of the O'Reilly Learning Platform at O'Reilly.com. That's O'Reilly.com. This summer, get road trip ready with the brake experts at Midas. With up to $100 back on two-axle brake service when you use your Midas credit card. So you can make sure every stop on your road trip is one you want to make. Request your appointment today at Midas.com. Lights in the center, but there's also some blue, sometimes white lights, but these white lights are often seen as potentially looking a little blue. So again, TR3B, potentially ours. And now there's this other version where a lot of people are seeing a white orb or a golden orb, and it changes into, let's say, three perfect dots with a white center in the in the middle of white light all white lights or gold lights these are coming in you know potentially as the others or theirs it's it's one of those things if you're seeing something change from an orb into a triangle or a triangle into an orb that sounds like somebody else's technology i mean what do you think well i mean it could be i mean when you see the shape shifting going on there's always something that's a little bit strange with that you know what i'm saying there is something yeah. strange to go along with that but the problem is i always revert back to ben rich and lockheed martin basically saying they're 50 to 80 years ahead of what we are seeing today in the sky i mean that bugs right. me that bugs me a yeah. lot man it bugs me a lot too when they're only releasing lunar buggies and things like that Where's the flying car? <laughs> right? I think I was promised a flying car. So where's that? 
But in my next story, if you're ready for it, yeah, bring Lake it on, Elsinore man. is back in the news. Again. So if you remember, yeah, and you may know even a little more than I do about the first case that took place at Lake Elsinore. But as recently as June 8th of this year, and there's a new video appearing. And this was taken by a witness out his window as he does every morning at sunrise. He likes to photograph out his window. And he noticed in reviewing this video that there was something strange taking place. And what he described was a disc that was morphing and or disguising itself with a mist or trying to appear like a cloud. Um, but unfortunately, because of the angle of the sun, it was revealed. And so in his words, an unidentified disc stops and spits out a smaller object over Lake Elsinore, California. And this new video has surfaced um, while it was recorded at sunrise, June 8th. Uh, the witness who filmed the events uh, from the second story window recorded what he looked like, something dropping out of the sky and turning into a cloud. And then another object appearing to be what he called a UFO above this cloud and then that cloud shoots out of it what looks like a misty covering or cloaking of the UFO. And in this statement, it continues that whatever dropped, those two unidentified objects went through the clouds and continued down to Earth. So in this one minute and 15 second video, you can find all the details through YouTube and you can get the full story from Scott Waring at UFOSightingsDaily.com. You know, it's amazing how in some of these areas, the UFOs just seem to keep going back, you know, yet where are they over Montreal? Where are they over Phoenix? Where are they over Chicago or Detroit or Vancouver, or LA? You know, I mean, it amazes well, I think me. This is the answer. I think this is the answer. I mean, uh, this witness videotaped something that was trying to what appears to cloak itself so perhaps these objects are right in plain sight and this is actually something i've been kind of saying all along is that these things do kind of appear to be right in plain sight and it's just up to us to look at it recognize it and call it what it is so you know potentially like you're asking it might be right there, but it might be in a misty substance. You may have to look for it. You may need to use a multi-spectrum camera. You may need to use a heat-sensitive camera. I don't know. It depends on what we're looking at. But I think that these are some of the tools we're going to have to incorporate or hopefully just get lucky like this person did in Lake, Lake Elsinore, California. Okay. Let's go down this cloaking road for a second because there's been so many people who believe that they have eyewitnessed this cloaking into, into clouds or into blue sky or into flying Vs of birds like ducks or geese morphing into this natural camouflage. You think this is happening more than what we know? Maybe at night even even who knows, you know, copying stars and constellations. I don't know. It's weird to me. I absolutely think that's happening. I absolutely do. Um, I mean, we've seen with our naked eye things moving in space that don't appear to be moving in a natural way. 
And then you just add in any other technical piece of gear, uh, night vision or anything, even just a good telescope, and you're going to start seeing things that you wouldn't be able to see with the naked eye. And then you start really wondering. There's definitely lots of things right in front of us, and we're not noticing it. I think even um, a recent episode of Skinwalker Ranch, they had held up a laser beam, and um, it had actually um, bent on something that was invisible above the ranch. Um, I think there's been plenty of cases where people are um, able to see things with their night vision, but not with their naked eye. Um, there's plenty of times when even our military, they're capturing things with their gun videos that they're not seeing as the with their naked eye as the pilot. So I think that that's really interesting because I think that what that tells us is that these things are existing um, in potentially another light spectrum. I mean, I don't know what a parallel universe would look like, but, um, you know, that's another big story. But I definitely think cloaking is taking place. In fact, military witnesses have come out to me with their evidence, and it's very obvious that there's dark, triangular-shaped objects, and they've used clouds as cover. And even in some of these photographs that have been released, um, you can see this triangle, and you can see this right at Anonymous Rex. I've released it in some clips. So if you go to my YouTube channel, you can check that out. Um, a, a cloaked triangle, and then off to the side, a small disc, like moving in tandem with these objects. And so these are coming from military witnesses that have seen these things themselves. So there's definitely something to it. Um, is it pareidolia? It absolutely could be. But at the same rate, you know, seeing it over and over, and you got to consider the sources that are reporting it over and over. At some point, you kind of have to scratch your head and wonder, maybe these systems are using cloaking. I definitely consider it. That is highly intriguing. Highly intriguing because, you know, I think the more and more we start to understand their technology if it is from out of this world, the more we're going to be able to to really figure out the the maybe some of these technologies that we just don't understand or fully comprehend right now. Right. And the good news is, is that we have real scientists that are looking at the data. We've got astrophysicists that are considering some of the new the new information that we're getting from our satellites. We've got NASA now looking into this as a real topic. At some point, somebody's going to have to wave their magic wand and come up and show everybody exactly what's going on because we've got great minds working on it at this point. And, I mean, we know for a fact that it's been going on for eons. So the fact now that we're having a bit of technology that perhaps is catching up to theirs at least to record it I think shows a sign of times. I mean, men are making great strides. This is a great time to be. It, it really is. Hey, Tim, has there been any word on whether or not these new rounds of hearings are going to take place for UAP? There are whispers. Yeah. Um, no date has been set, but I believe, I mean, we could be looking sometime this summer. Um, I feel pretty sure about that, at least. Um, I've heard as much as a few weeks. I've heard a few months. So at least this summer, you know, and that's great because that's a pretty quick follow-up for some of the questions that were being asked and some big questions. Let's hope at least in this round, 
we go a little bit more prepared and we're not stumbling to show video and freeze frame on the actual UAP that we need to be fixed on, right? Um, let's present professionally. And, you know, honestly, it would be nice, and I've said this a few times, to have organized scientists with real data go up in front of, you know, Congress. I think that's really our next step. And so really, this is just the next push. And I think that's going to be part of it is getting the real data, not necessarily collected by NASA or um, the new foundations that are being put together through the government. Independent data is as valid, I believe, as anything that can be collected. Galileo Project is going to hold some water. You know, one of the big things that that I, I look for in these next set of hearings, if and when they take place, is... Well, there's a couple things. Number one, I'm very curious to see who they're going to put on the stand to speak. That is going to be a major round of importance on who speaks next. Because the other two were not prepared. Right. They were not prepared at all. I don't care what anybody says. It was a bad display. It looked bad. Right. Right. And with people being vocal like Tim Burchette that are demanding this transparency and not putting up with this laid back, laissez faire attitude that they've had up until now, um, I think that they're going to come back with something a little more valid with some more, at least ask the right questions, because at this point, they're still kind of floundering. But I think you're absolutely right. It's coming. Um, and I think it is a, a growth process, perhaps for people. Um, it is a big question to have to take seriously, but it is definitely time. Um, and obviously, whether it's a, a phenomenon or something mundane, it needs to be discovered. And we need to be sure that it's not a threat. Obviously, we don't consider it one at this point, but we have to consider it because it's an unknown. And so really, um, I think this next round is going to dig a little bit deeper. Um, but again, you know, I don't like expecting much. Uh, so at least that way I won't be disappointed. Well, you know what? I think it all depends on the questions that are asked too, Tim. We don't need swamp gas. Swamp gas is 1950. We don't need Russia or China. We already know it's not them. For the most part. Right. Okay. Well, we know what that looks like now too, right? I think I, you bring up a great point. We have proved what it looks like, and we've deciphered it. We were able to clarify what it was. Doesn't that hold as much information as the ones that they can't answer? You bring up a great point, Dave. Well, I brought it up without not even realizing it. That's how miraculous well done, I am sir. at times. Well, well played, done, my sir. friend. Well played for the compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, I mean, I could see our good friend scowling Greg O'Brien you know, giving the old fish shake to anybody who uses the words swamp gas in Congress next time. I could totally right. see that. Or, or anyone that's potentially confident in anything that the government's going to put out. Um, I, I am kind of in that world, but at the same rate, I have confidence because it's being, it's on their tongues. Like th this is being discussed. It's a really new time for us. This was never taken seriously five years ago. Come on. This topic is incredible that they're even taking it seriously, spending time and money. It's on CNN. Um, it's it's on national news. Other countries are doing and following step, um, obviously, because uh, and we're seeing Russia following step um, in, in this topic because it needs to be addressed. 
And the fact is, is our technology is now just discovering it, right? Because our cameras are good enough to capture it. And we're like, oh man, this is right in front of our eyes. We need to know what this is. Tim, I want to say a big thank you for coming on for the UFO report. Another great job, Tim Senor. Let everybody know where they can find your YouTube channel. Real easy. Uh, Anonymous Rex. It's my, uh, it's my tag in the chat, and it's the name of my channel. And so that's real easy to find. Awesome, my friend. Appreciate you coming yeah. on in and hanging out with us. All right. Let's head over to Shirky Poo's News, shall we? What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's News! Yeah, Shirky Poo getting us all started here. This is a scary one right off the bat. Can you say lawsuit and a major lawsuit? A family is suing Texas Children's Hospital after their four-year-old son was allegedly given a vasectomy. The boy, who was having surgery to treat a hernia in his groin last August, instead had an unintended vasectomy performed on him, says the family's attorney, Randy Sorrells. The standard procedure is to properly identify the anatomy, and then you cut, Sorrells said. I think the surgeon failed to properly identify the anatomy before cutting in this case. Dr. Susan L. Jarose recommended a right ingenual hernia repair, and I apologize if I said that wrong, after the four-year-old complained of swelling in his scrotum that worsened in the evenings. But instead of removing the hernia... Jarrows allegedly also cut the vas deferens, the tube that carries sperm out of the testes. His parents were advised on what happened and informed of a possible short or long-term consequences of this injury, including reduced fertility. While apologies were given, full accountability was not accepted. Sorrells and attorney Tom Omondi said of the hospital staff in Houston, the parents now face the difficult task of explaining this to their son at an appropriate age. The family, who has filed a lawsuit for medical negligence, is seeking half a million dollars in damages and are most concerned about the impact this could have on his future. I don't think it'll be an impossibility to have children, Soros told Fox, but it could make it more difficult. Texas Children's Hospital, located in Houston, is ranked number two among the nation's children's hospitals by U.S. News and World Report. You know, look, accidents happen like this. They do. But, man, I feel for that little boy. I do. I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, though. A couple from Georgia are getting ready to have a baby. Yeah, isn't that nice? Now, that may not sound like news, but when the woman is 61 and her husband is 24, the logistics of it all could put a damper in their plans. Cheryl and Karan McCain often share their love story on their TikTok page, and while the comment sections of their posts are filled with haters and disbelievers, they insist their marriage and their love for each other is actually awesome, and it's the real deal. The McCains exchanged vows in September 2021, two months after he popped the question with a ring that was crowdfunded by fans in a ceremony in Tennessee. Uh, 
Well, like the old song goes, what comes after love and marriage? Cheryl and Coran now want to have a baby together, either via surrogacy or through adoption. Now, we want to have a family together, Cheryl says, who has seven children, 17 grandchildren as well. He has always wanted children, and I want to be the mother to his child. She added, of course, because of my age, we'll have to get a surrogate or adopt, which we're looking into. And in another TikTok post, Koran slammed reports that he and Cheryl had split. We are a team. This is my wife. To death do us part. We ain't going to nowhere forever. He said angrily before the two shared a kiss. The couple described their sex life as amazing and have an OnlyFans account to prove it. Mm, that's like eating a lemon. A real sour lemon right there. Ugh. A Queensland man in Australia sprang into action to thwart a would-be thief who was trying to make off with his family's Volkswagen. Yeah, the gentleman, former athlete, literally hopped on a forklift and picked up his car with the thief in it. How productive is that? Of course, because the driver was pinned, she couldn't get out. And police were called and the would-be thief was arrested. See if we can fit this one in. Hey, look, if you're going to play with wild animals, don't do it stupidly. They can hurt you. You've heard that here before, right? Well, a 25-year-old woman in the Yellowstone National Park decided to get a little close to the bison and got gored. She got within 10 feet before one of the animals gored her and tossed her 10 feet in the air. The woman from Grove City, Ohio, sustained a puncture wound and other injuries that medical personnel had to respond to, and she was taken to hospital. She will survive. Parks officials say the bison won this round between bison versus human. That is your Shirky Poo news. Thank you to Shirky Poo for it all. Thank you for Tim Senor for coming on in for the UFO report. Swamp Dweller hanging out with us with another spooky story. And our good friends Merle and Anthony Germain for Ghosts of the Great White North, along with Leanne, Kareen, and Kelly on their TV show that we're going to be on. We're going to be there. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club. And on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friend, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. 
Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them too. Good night. This summer, get road trip ready with the brake experts at Midas. With up to $100 back on two-axle brake service when you use your Midas credit card. So you can make sure every stop on your road trip is one you want to make. Request your appointment today at Midas.com. Seize the day. Wouldn't you rather freeze it? Now you can. Because now, when you order anything off the McDonald's app, you can get a medium frozen drink free. Like the frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry or Wild Cherry. It's the freeze for all deal. Now get a free medium frozen drink when you order anything off the McDonald's app. One time use only through 7322 at participating McDonald's. McDonald's app download and registration required.